0: Are you telling me that the fakertarians want to make they have a they have things on there they're not even like humans and they're like making comments of, they, they try to make the most well, they, degenerate comments
1: archie get the fuck off my stream
0: that's the thing with like uh that that um what's his name uh hudak guy like yeah. who is i will say nick on the show you were out there right amongst them He's the smartest
1: i believe fakertarians has done yeah. more damage to the libertarian party than anybody fakertarians tries to damage because it's a bunch of yeah. people who have no official position they're just tweeting on their own personal timelines and fakertarians goes and screenshots and publicizes this is what's wrong with the libertarian right. party
0: uh fakertarians has lost so much credibility that no one is willing to it's the boy who cried wolf like mm-hmm. they might actually be right one day maybe there'll be one day where there's an actual nazi that someone puts on our show we're just gonna be like eh. well every, you know I, the fake hop on and they're like they're like ooh, you know that's a anti-semitic and people are like that's anti-semitic and i'm like first of all you fucking idiots i'm half israeli and while i'm at it, you know what fuck that page those fakertarians fuck that page too and fuck all those guys they're on my shit list too fuck them giving me fucking shit for going on fucking stephen molyneux show hey they're fucking the fakertarians one who actually pissed me off more, because from what I've been told, there's like a couple decent people attached to that. Fuck them. Fuck those guys. You fucking give me shit for, for fucking going on Stefan Molyneux's podcast to advocate against war, because you didn't like that I called him great.
2: Hey everyone, and welcome to episode forty-three of the Faker Podcast. I'm your host, John Hudak, along with Jeremy Kantorowitz, the Cosmic Cracker, Josh Hilditch, and our tech guy. So today we have on Brent Langle and Caleb Moppin. And so thanks for thanks to both of you for being here. I know there are places both of you might rather be, like Brent debating <laughs> Stefan Molyneux or Caleb at an Oswald conference, but how's everyone doing <laughs> today? I'm doing good. Um, yeah.
1: I'm about to launch a new Kickstarter so I'm really excited about that and uh, my comic Darudi's Shadow of the People About uh, Here comes the Anarcha's, selling points Plug away really <laughs> <Buy, laughs> Plug away
3: buy
4: my,
1: my book. Book. Buy, buy my book,
3: book
4: Buy my book <laughs> I get that reference <laughs> <laughs> The Critic is definitely probably one of the most underrated shows in existence Yep And there should have been more
1: there definitely should have. I, I really liked the, um, uh, what was it? The boss that was based on Ted Turner.
3: hmm
0: Yep. Yeah, he so, was definitely my favorite. Tell us about Molly the. I love mm-hmm. the critic. That Before we get into that, the critic was fantastic. And, and, and all of you missed my other John Lovitz. It was like meta inside meta. When I said, plug away, plug away. That was from his 1987 uh, SNL bit. So... Ooh. sorry y'all like you, you gotta love it's in there i gotta love it's in there i'm, I'm old and i'm gonna go like pee in the yeah, car i was like
1: i was like four in 1987. there
5: right, we go fully automated gulags it's already started <laughs> <laughs> right so tell us about molyneux then uh,
1: Brent. me or me or caleb what, both debated him who, uh, did you both debate him <laughs> yeah we both did caleb actually did it oh first. Caleb's
5: uh,
6: Mike, Mike is uh, caleb you're muted yeah.
5: Your, your your microphone is muted there, Caleb. I can. Yeah.
6: I debated him,
5: and I found his style of debate to
6: be interesting. Is that he really appeals to victimhood, which is kind of hilarious from a supposed libertarian, right? I mean, it's like he wants to feel like a victim as you debate him. He immediately goes, oh, you just called me racist. You just oh, oh you're ah oh, I'm being victimized." I mean, it's it's that seems to be his style uh, that he uses, which I thought was a bit amusing. Um, Yeah, I thought our exchange went pretty, pretty well. I mean, he tried to just give standard right wing anti-communist talking points, which I was prepared to handle. Um, And then from there, you know, well, that's not real capitalism, which is the equivalent of that's not real socialism. And I thought our exchange went very well. I'm really glad I did it. A lot of people um, said that our exchange was one of my better debates. Now, what's interesting is I made a point of recording it myself. Uh, which is interesting because he was arguing with me with one of those microphones that immediately mutes you as soon as you talk. So I recorded it myself and released the recording where you could actually hear me speak every time I heard it (laughs) made. So,
5: yeah. Kind of sounds like what a Nazi would do, right? Silencing you.
6: Well, I mean, I don't know. I think all kinds of people silence their
3: critics
1: yeah um with me and stefan i remember i wound up agreeing to do it at like the last minute uh there's somebody else who was supposed to debate him and um jf who's a oof, that's an interesting character um, I've heard of him. yeah and so like um you know i agreed to do it at the last minute because the guy pulled out and i knew they were going to be like oh the left is afraid to debate me you know which, our ideas just can't be handled so i was like you know what okay i'm gonna debate this weird." egg obsessed uh can you try
5: and steal your uh wife's eggs by any chance
1: you know what was funny i opened the debate by offering him eggs like chicken eggs for my <laughs> brilliant. brilliant and we uh, still cannot totally...
5: get a smile out of caleb this is gonna drive me mad for the whole fucking podcast <laughs> well, I mean, it's
6: what okay I'm not, I'm not this isn't my usual style uh the way i conduct myself and do, all that do you, I'm, you like I'm to smile, cool to be... caleb? Do I, you like to I, smile Yeah, Uh, but I I do want to say, like, if this does turn into character assassination or insult comedy, I'm out of here. I I mean, it's that simple. So, I mean, hey, 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 we
0: were just talking about you taking eggs. (laughs) Oh, my God. And here we were just going to have Don Rickles on the show. Hey, Don, don't come on.
2: There goes that bit. Yeah. But uh,
1: what was really interesting, actually, like, like with regard to debating Stefan was that um, I accidentally called him Steven at the end. And apparently he hates that. (laughs) And then then by the end, then that was like legitimately a mistake. Like I went into that podcast going like, okay, there's no way I can have a good faith conversation with this guy. So I'm just going to trigger him and let him dig his own hole. The funniest thing, though, is like after I offered him the eggs and like made fun of the whole Taylor Swift eggs thing, JF just had to jump in and start talking about how important it was to fertilize eggs. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) It's the weirdest thing. But like at at that point, I was like, okay, yeah, um, I'm winning this podcast. (laughs) It's a cult.
0: It's an egg (laughs) cult. How important? It's an please, egg please,
5: please, please dive into that a bit more about like how important it is the further Of course, it fucking is. You can't procreate without that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. I, well, again, it's it's JF, so he's not concerned about eggs in general. Just very specific eggs. You know? JF. Do you do you think they
0: fuck chickens? Because I I really wonder if they fuck chickens. I hope not.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I, chickens are real short, as Lenny Bruce said. It'd be kind of hard, but. I mean, if you got to fertilize them eggs, sometimes you just got to do it firsthand, if you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Baca- mm-hmm. Baca- Molyneux apparently
6: really wants a rematch with me. I was scheduled on Modern Day Debates to actually debate Lauren Southern. She pulled out and uh, okay. they wanted Molyneux to do re- a rematch with me. And I said no, because, no, we debated once. I, I wiped the floor with him. I have no no desire for a rematch. He didn't quite know what he was getting into, I think. And so he came back armed with a bunch of, you know, points. But I said, I said no, I don't want to match with him. So... Mm-hmm. There you go. Would you
5: would you have a rematch in the boxing ring?
6: Well, I don't know. I've I'm, I do not have much experience with, uh, with You don't, know,
5: so it's open to opportunity. Yeah. Oh okay. I, I personally
0: <laughs> I'm personally hoping that Molanu has a rematch with Cancer.
3: Ooh, oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh,
5: Jesus dude. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. you know, Norm- hey Brian, I'm i st- mm-hmm. I'm the one that's supposed to make the bad remarks, okay? You settle down. <laughs> hey,
0: it's always it's always a, like neck to neck with you and I.
1: Now, yeah. I, I will say, though, it actually kind of makes sense that uh, Caleb and I are here talking about this because um, I think both my and his first time debating the alt-right was actually kind of at the same place. That was when you uh, did that, that debate Augustus against and Augustus, Sol and Victor. Yeah, I remember. Oh, oh yeah. Augie Sunshine. Uh, yeah,
0: Augie Sunshine. <laughs> 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 like a he fucker. loves us. <laughs> <was a> crazy <laughs> night. That
6: was an in-person debate. That was pre-COVID at a theater in Manhattan. At Theater Lab NYC, we rented it out and that was pretty wild. Was that not a crazy night, Brent? It was nuts.
1: Um, This didn't make it into the final video of it, but like one of the proud boys that came with him uh, got like triggered because of something I had said to him, but got me confused and tried to attack the guy next to me. And they had to, do you remember that? They had to pull him and hold him back.
6: Yeah, well, I guess as he was making his final statement, there was some heckling, and uh, and then yeah, then then and he brought these two guys that I think were like private security guards. He brought with him, and mm-hmm. then the, the private security guards were like holding back his Proud Boy fans, which was a little odd. So hmm. yeah,
1: yeah, they, they they again yeah, just interesting. What was people. his
5: face like, Brendo? Because he looks like he's got more pimples than the fucking Rocky Mountains. <laughs> yeah, old crater
1: face. He did he that I don't know what the heck happened to him. Um I, I is he still in jail? He was in jail last I checked. I think he's yeah, out yeah.
4: yeah. I think he might be out, out on bond, but I know there's a there's yeah, yeah, he's out case, on bond. I, I haven't seen
0: Carolina.
4: Yeah, I haven't what? seen much movement in his case in South Carolina. He got the one did charge he? drop, but he still has the other.
0: Yeah. Did he What's bring a he goat on was-
6: that night? <laughs> what surprised me was they came with weapons. I mean, I mean, the the one guy, if you remember correctly, he had that like that cane with this huge brass handle on it. You know, it was mm-hmm. clearly oh, intended no. for clubbing uh, people on the head. And I, I remember when um, when I gave That's my opening statement, weapon. I sat down, and he was getting up and hit, giving his opening statement. He had left this huge knife on his chair as like a threat or something like that. It was just like sitting there on the chair, and that was amusing as well um it was it was a little bit odd um and i guess he was nervous to come to new york city where he couldn't carry his gun with him uh he had made a video about how he had been on a greyhound bus and gotten kicked off because he was carrying a firearm on the greyhound bus and how angry he was and he was quite upset to be coming to new york city without his gun uh which is a little bit odd you know there's i mean it's like this guy can't can't survive without carrying a weapon on him of some kind or something i found that to be very weird yeah, wow.
1: I, I think part partially like when I first moved to Manhattan, like I think there was about a week period where I carried like a like a lock knife with me just because you hear stuff about Manhattan and you don't realize how how safe it actually is. Uh, the biggest threat in Manhattan, honestly, is usually the cops. So like I think I lost in the sushi restaurant about a week in and just never replaced it, and you know ten years in Manhattan never had a problem. Yeah.
5: Do you remember when he threatened? Uh, he threatened to have me to a boxing match. Brent. do you remember that? Yes,
1: I remember that. <laughs>
5: <laughs> he got very upset because I wouldn't come around apparently the corner to have a fight at his boxing ring, even though I live f- across the Gosh. fucking sea, <laughs> which is a bit of a problem.
6: Yeah, well, that's how I first met him was that uh, I guess he has a gimmick when he was running in Florida. He challenged uh, one of his opponents in the, uh, in the election to a mixed martial arts fight. And he was in D.C., so I interviewed him about it, um, you know, and, and we talked, and uh, it was a bit of a strange interview. And at one point, uh, you know, they had me ask him, I said, you know, you know, can you show us some moves uh, for your upcoming fight? <laughs> And he said, he said, he said, well, no, he said, my opponent will probably be watching the video, and I don't want to give anything away. Um Shit
1: excuse. that's the adult version of all of my moves are fatal moves, and I can't yeah. I, I can't show them to you without oh, I'm it. gonna
5: I'm gonna say, show some respect. <laughs> I love how the way to Kellown show me your moves. Like
0: <laughs> that guy, like, I mean in in person, is he as big of a dork as I think he is? Because he just seems like the dorkiest of the dorks. Like I just want to stuff him in a locker, you know, and <laughs> like take him back out and like dip his crater face in the toilet for a bit you know
6: he's the just that, that guy
0: was the accents okay
3: because Right. He-
6: yes. <laughs> the accents yes <laughs> yes real southern accents and then other times like at the debate he sounded like like kennedy right it was this you know, <laughs> you know, it was this, like kennedy new england kind of thing and then I noticed when he wasn't like speaking, he just had a normal voice, and so I wondered what is going on there. Like, you know, sometimes he's trying to sound like Kennedy, sometimes he's trying to sound like a character from Gone with the Wind. Most of the time, he just sounds like a normal dude. Like that is that is a very odd thing. Like pick pick and pick one accent, pick your normal voice. Like wh- what's going on there? I, I was I was very perplexed by that. What I found was that when he wasn't performing, he almost seemed like like an actor. You know, I mean, it was just like he was just yes. the most chill, laid back. Like hey, whatever, okay, we'll do this. You know. Whatever, but, but once he's up in front of the crowd, he's like suddenly playing a character, and that character has several different accents, I guess. Very <laughs> odd.
0: <awesome. laughs> Was he wearing his Andrew Dice clay gloves?
5: I don't. No. I don't know. I don't
6: remember. Actually, I think I saw his hand, so I don't think so. He did, did bring. Did you quiz food. him on
5: the accents, though? Did you quiz him on the accents? Did you say, "Why do you sound like a weird French person right now"?
6: <laughs> yeah, I'm not enough of a jerk to do that. I guess I, I should. Oh be. well, I am. Get me this. Oh, me <laughs> Get too. Me the <laughs> I do
3: remember,
6: I you remember this, Brenton? But he brought two women with him. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you remember this? That yeah. was weird. They were like his submissives or something. It was some yeah. kind of BDSM thing or something, and. You know, oh, he's uh,
0: way into that.
6: Yeah, that was a little bit. You know, I mean, you know, we, we, you know, you know, keep keep it, you know, keep it in your private life. I think we didn't really want to be part of all that. You know, it's a little strange, but one of them was Asian, if I remember correctly. So that was even was
5: was what? Sorry, yeah. One of them
6: was Asian, I believe.
5: Oh, I thought you said ancient. I was like, (laughs) okay, was he fucking a mummy or something? (laughs) (laughs) No, the. I remember the I
1: remember the women that came with him. The, the two things that I remember was he he was taller than I thought he'd be, mm. and then like the other thing was was that he had like, yeah, like two goth chicks with him. But like, not quite like not goth, but like s- satanist. Like I, I would expect these women to be like I-, I love Anton LaVey. Like that was how they were dressed. And right. you don't you sometimes catch those people at goth clubs, but like not as often as you'd think.
3: Right.
0: Well, they're they're goat fucking sacrificers. You know, I mean, that's probably they all get around to have some goat orgy and then cut it up and eat it raw. That's Mm -hmm. what they do. What's weird about that whole thing with
1: with the goat is that, like, in in a weird way, I kind of feel like I might be the ying to to his yang. Because we were both born (laughs) the same year. Um, We both had a hard time in college. Um, I went and hiked the Appalachian Trail, Maine, to Georgia, and it, like, Renewed my faith in humanity, and he like went off into on like some unmarked trail into the wilderness and dragged a goat with him and supposedly killed it and drank its right. blood. So it's like it's like it's like he's the he's the evil wizard to my Gandalf.
6: <laughs> yeah, one theory that I developed, and I mean, of course, I I I have no like one I have no smoking gun proof of this, but I wondered if it was possible because so much of his material seemed to be like you know hints that he might be a serial killer. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, no, I mean, you know that, that if if maybe after he wrote his manifesto and went into the woods and got expelled from the, <laughs> the mailing the, bombs to people, the, yeah. the, the OTO, the the Aleister Crowley thing he was part of, and he oh. his, um, know, went into, right into the FBI you. right after he wrote his manifesto and kicked him out. And it occurred to me that maybe he was doing he was cooperating with the feds into some kind of fishing expedition. Like he was going to go around and like give all these vibes that he was a serial killer and get like actual serial killers to come to him and say, here's my plan or something like that. That was one theory I had because it was very odd because, I mean, didn't he like didn't he write a like a a short story about a guy who rapes an underage girl or something? something I was not aware of that. (laughs) Yeah. And there's
0: there's some weird rapey fiction out there.
6: Yeah. So mm-hmm. much of what he does is trying intentionally to get off, give off like serial killer vibes, uh, mm-hmm. and and then kind of going around the country and meeting people who might be attracted to him because of that, so, and that, so that maybe what, one what was some kind of fishing expedition or something. But what I, you're saying I, I is
5: guess... up, you found Jack the Ripper? Is that what you're saying?
6: <laughs> well, I mean, it, it occurred to me that that perhaps. That, that that he was trying to track down other people who were attracted to such things because it, it didn't really make <laughs> that any sense so
5: creepy <laughs> yeah.
0: he, he's he's the guy that when i was like in eighth grade would be just like two or three years older than me at the local flea market like buying all these crap knives but buying way too many of them you know and they'd be like hey go ahead and throw in that black leather bracelet too and it was like plastic you know but he's wearing it around proudly i know that guy and later he's fucking goats
5: whatever yeah.
3: I think
0: um, a friend of mine, um, who I, I, I won't say her
1: name because she's kind of famous, but she was basically like.
5: So if she's famous, is... you can say her fucking name, then can't you?
0: Well, no, because <laughs> he might be a serial <laughs> killer. I don't want Barbara's him to know strength. she's famous. No, no, it no, it's him. like me
5: saying I won't say the prime minister of Great Britain's name. Come on, like come on, <laughs> <Yeah>. Brent. Fuck <laughs> you. Know. Again,
1: like if I if I give you her her name, like he could. She's hear famous, it and go after Brent. It. Everyone
5: knows her name
1: of her No, actually most people don't know her name. It would be a character that Oh I'm not even gonna go into that. The philosopher
3: Uh, Yeah. (laughs) The philosopher. Oh my god.
1: (laughs) I would wish no, no, it's it's an entertainer it's a pretty famous entertainer. Um but like she was she was sitting there and and she was like, This is basically what happens if you don't grow past your goth face. (laughs) You either like become a professional goth musician, or you go down this
5: weird rabbit hole. All right, Brent, I I've got to pull you up on that. You Ooh, keep saying she's cat. famous, and then the next second she's not famous. What is she then? A little. Bit. No, it,
1: okay, I'm going to say, I'm gonna say this much: she is the voice of a very of a character on a very famous uh, animated show that has run on Adult Swim, and that's all I'm going to say.
5: Angela Merkel?
0: But, no. <laughs> 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 oh, she's the voice of Louise on Bob's Burgers. If only. <laughs> oh, damn. That, 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 was, a, that, oh, was, that was a bad. very
1: good yes. <laughs>
5: thank you, so, uh, thank so you, Caleb. I, I always thought uh, Brenda joined the CIA. There, keeping everyone under the uh, ropes, not mentioning names, keeping it all secret. Well, Brent, I, I mean, mean you, was, you were supposed to be, an, you know, a, a, an anarchist. What are you doing working for the CIA? <laughs>
0: Uh, They they pay. No, they offer me a good job and a good wage. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) they buy really nice dinners. Mm -hmm.
1: But yeah, so I was excited to come on the podcast. I'm glad that Caleb was able to come because you guys, you know, I've spent personally I've spent a number of years arguing with uh, the worst elements of the uh, Libertarian Party. Uh, and Caleb and I have collaborated on some de- debates with libertarians, um, the uh, Augustus Sol Invictus, but like the more recent one, uh, we debated this guy, Daniel, who is uh, fairly high up um, in like uh, the libertarian party Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Um,
2: okay. Fishman, right?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And oh, then. Fishman.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's, by the way, great guy. Um, definitely. I didn't feel that he had a very strong showing in the debate, but I would feel like that. I was debating against him. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but yeah, overall, he's been very friendly, and um, I think he was one of the—he's he's one of the more social justice-oriented libertarians. And I, I, I see him constantly, kind of putting out good takes on his page. So you know, I've—I've I've been following your work for a while as well. So it's—it's it's exciting to be yeah. here.
6: Well, you know, it's yeah. interesting. Uh, the topic of your of your podcast is kind of I, I guess you kind of root out some of the more like white supremacist and far right elements in the Libertarian Party. And it's interesting because I remember when I was an activist in Cleveland years ago, there was this guy we used to call him Wacko Macko. Uh, and his name was David Macko. Uh, and he was a, the Libertarian Party candidate for like every office in Cleveland. This guy was a neo-nazi. <laughs> like, I mean, he was a neo-nazi. He handed out American Free Press. Uh, he, you know, he had, you know, he didn't believe the Holocaust happened. He'd been like told by the John Birch society. He wasn't allowed to come to their conventions cause he was too like anti-Semitic. Uh, you know, this guy was a neo-Nazi and I remember he would just present himself as a libertarian. He would come mm-hmm. to all the left-wing debates, um, all the left-wing events, like all the anti-war protests and such. And I remember I raised the alarm. I'm like, this guy is, I mean, this guy is a far right extremist. and it's weird it's funny how so much has changed cuz now everyone's a nazi but back then i remember all these boomer kind of anti-war people are like oh we allow differences of opinion and stop that you know people might not agree with you you're a communist and i remember yep. just saying like this guy is like for real like you know a white supremacist he's like a, a legit i think and then he had an event with the what's it called the council of conservative citizens if i'm not mistaken and it was like a public event at a hotel with with this white supremacist group and finally that convinced people to maybe not you know having <laughs> on the local anti-war organizing committee i, I got but, a
5: question for you there caleb yeah. you, you mentioned that everything has changed but everyone is an nazi now what's going on did i miss oh, something i
6: mean <laughs> you tweet out anything you tweet out anything i mean i tweeted out that even though i agree with abortion and gay marriage being legal I was willing to work with people who don't, and immediately I had all these people telling me, You wanna work with people who wanna murder me, you wanna kill my whole family, why should I ever talk? I mean, it's like the atmosphere is completely changed. Now everyone everyone who disagrees with wokeness, you know, on anything is immediately the a white
3: supremacist. Well, well, are I mean, they people I, I, who want
6: to the <laughs> I mean, it used to be that it was the other way. I mean, you know, these libertarian circles were crawling with far right elements, and it was it was almost common knowledge that you know around the time that Ron Paul first got going, yeah, a lot of the people that were Ku Klux Klan kind of people were saying, "Oh, I'm a libertarian." You know, but now uh, things seem to have changed. I think, and the Libertarian Party has largely changed too as a result of all of this, right? I think Trumpism was kind of a, a good purge for the Libertarian Party, right? I think a lot of those far right elements—they like Trump. They don't need to be libertarians anymore. Am yeah, I wrong? People, right.
5: people don't Caleb. call me an Nazi though. <laughs> nobody, nobody me a, I mean, they call me a moron,
0: <laughs> no. but they don't call me no. an Nazi. And <laughs> a cunt, but other than that never a nazi but caleb i want to go back for just a moment and share kind of a similar experience with you it was back when gary johnson was trying to seek the libertarian nod for uh, the run for president i was at the joint kansas missouri libertarian convention and there was this old dude there and he was just oh there was just something really uncomfortable about him and i said to my buddy who's that guy and he goes oh that's old louie i think his name was and he goes he's a bit odd but we all put up with him well louie comes over to the table he's talking about something and all of a sudden he just starts going off about the jews like mm-hmm. just going off and i'm yeah. just like oh that's Louis." so i mentioned to a few people hey we should do something about that guy and they're like oh no he's harmless a few months later he's at the kansas state fair they had to remove him because he was working the candidates booth. And every time a woman, no matter what her age was, he would comment on her titties. And that's just the type of guy you got here. He hates the <laughs> Jews and he loves the titties. And there, you're right, that, that, was, that was always acceptable you know, in the libertarian circles. There was always that, that one guy who liked Hitler just a little too much and didn't care about the age of the titties. But we allowed that. And I think <laughs> that's kind of what's grown into what you're saying today. Now, would yeah. you
6: agree that, that that that's probably rooted, the reason these elements were there is probably rooted in the fact that anti-communism seems to be such a, a center of libertarian politics, that that might be the yes. opening through which these people came?
0: Yes, because the anti-communism <laughs> <She's not libertarians. laughs> that, when you trace back, when you trace back libertarian anti-communism, sure, there are elements that actually are opposed to communism, but most of the time that means the Jews, I think it's as simple as that. I mean, when you, a little bit of basic reading, you, you, you spend two minutes with the Protocols of the elders of Zion, and it's like, oh, that's what a communist is—the Jews.
3: Yeah, right. I hey, think so, that's I, what Cantwell
1: cited uh, specifically, like, is his uh, what, as the, the inciting thing that made him think that genocide was all right. Um, hmm. Yeah, it's it's horrifying. There, there's okay, so. It's been going on for like a long time. Um, not obviously not just with the Libertarian Party, but I mean, uh, Sek Three wrote for a uh, notorious Holocaust denier publication. Um, there, I think maybe the sort of um, the sort of like Libertarian argument against civil rights uh, was done but through like Barry Goldwater, and so I can see like how there would be a crossover between people genuinely interested in liberty. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think to be interested in Liberty, can't just be license for yourself. It has to be Liberty for everybody. Um, and then people who were more or less want the license to continue to be racist or to do whatever horrible thing that they're going to do. Uh, and you know, you've got these two groups kind of struggling with each other. So, um, I mean, I would say, so Josh and I met, um, you know, running oh, a don't and, go into
5: that story. Uh, I was going <laughs> to say running it
1: running an AnCap the AnCom debate forum, and um, you know I noticed that like about half the people that would come in uh, that were young libertarians would like start spamming racial slurs and stuff, and then they'd immediately get banned. But then other libertarians came in, and you know we would argue quite a bit, and we wound up becoming really really good friends by the end of it. You know, um, so I think there's beyond the uh, sort of rotten aspect of the libertarian party i think that there is there are other currents in right libertarianism that uh while i may disagree with them economically um you know i think that you know they're still perfectly fine people and you know they're pushing back on some of this so you know yeah, that's right. I mean, we, we definitely did
5: here. get really twatted in new york city together didn't we
6: <laughs> yeah well, i had a lot well, to
5: drink that day mate and i woke well, up the next day and i thought i'd been hit by a fucking semi-trailer
6: I've thought a lot about libertarianism over the years, because I remember when libertarianism first became like really big, you know, around like around the time Obama was entering office, you know, you know, Bush was leaving office. You know, I was I was very frustrated by libertarianism as somebody who's a Marxist. And I was like, these people are waking up, but they're waking up wrong. Like, don't they get it? The problem is capitalism. I thought a lot about this, though. I will say that, you know, there are good things about libertarianism. And one of them is that I think there's a lot of people who really have a desire to create. They really have a desire to go out and build something, to start their own business, uh, to do creative stuff, to you know launch a, a tech startup, and that, that that is really good. And that there's that you know that whole American dream, that spirit of growth. Uh, that there's a lot of young people that are really attracted to that and really have big dreams. They want to go out and do things, and they feel restrained by the society we live in. The society we live in is not very not very kind to non-conformists and not very kind to intelligent people. Um, and and they have a lot of frustration and they feel like, you know, I'm capable of doing more with my life. I'm fa- capable of going out and doing something and building and I'm, I'm not living up to my potential and, and society is getting in my way. And I feel like those feelings in a lot of cases are very justified. I would disagree about the, the reason for them. They would say, well, the answer is, you know, free markets privatize everything. But I think that they're right in how they feel. And I can sympathize with a lot of those feelings. And that's one thing I've kind of, I've kind of racked my brain and, and tried to kind of understand how a lot of young libertarians see it. And yes, there is, a, there is a feeling among a lot of young people, young men in particular, but many young women and people of all different nationalities uh, that, that their potential as a human being is being squandered by the society we live in. They have something to contribute and society has just kind of cast them aside. I mean, it, it, would you say that's a feeling that a lot of libertarians have?
0: I would definitely say it's a feeling I have. Uh, and a lot of that is just from learned life experience.
5: Caleb, you're being too nice. I need you to be a bit more uh, angry. Is that, is that also, okay? <laughs> I, I want to go back to one
2: thing for a second. Uh, Caleb, you talked about the, the woke thing. And you talked about how people were mad at you for who you were working with. I was just wondering, where is there a line for you there? Like, it, If there's a government who executes people for homosexuality, is that over the line of who you're willing to work with? Or where's the line there?
6: Well, let me ask you, first of all, like if you're going to level a specific allegation, which I think you're alluding to Iran, I, um, I would turn you to the New York Times. Uh, that's pointed out that that has never been enforced, uh, that, you know, they've never they, executed
2: we, anyone for homosexuality. In,
6: in order to execute somebody in Iran for being gay. Uh, there have to be four witnesses who saw it happen. And by it, they have to see a, one body part go into another. And then they have to explain why they didn't try to stop you and why they were in the same room. So, you know, that has not been enforced. Saudi Arabia, which is a big ally of the United States, does routinely execute people for being gay. Um, well, I mean, I don't you know, like Saudi like, Arabia
2: either, but there, there are reports right, of Iran right, executing but, people over sodomy but, charges. There's yes, specific names but and
6: everything. I'm, I'm telling you, now, Iran is bad to gay people. There's no question about it. And I brought that up when I was there, you know, um, and... Uh, you know, I mean, they're they're not good to gay people. And that's that's a, a, well, an Jesus, issue. No, four people well, need to be watching? What is this,
3: a fucking porno?
5: Oh I, I, just, <laughs> I just
0: realized what I want to do for a career. I want to be the, the gay watch out guy.
5: Didn't see
0: the body hey, part hey, go hey, in. Hey, hey I'm not disputing
5: what you said. I just found it really yeah. remarkable and quite hilarious. They're like, well, did you have four people watching? Oh, only three? Only three? Okay, but well, we, we won't kill them then.
6: <laughs> right. No, I mean, I mean, that is that is how the law is enforced. And it's the same for adultery. Right. In theory, one could get the death penalty for cheating on their wife. But again, there have to be four people who actually saw it happen and then can explain why they didn't try to stop you and why they were in the same room. Um, But uh, but yeah, though, there are other, you know, other laws in Iran that are anti gay. Like they do have a law against like I think you can't make a pass on another man that's considered a crime, you know, and and such. Mm, And so that's and that's not good. I will say from what I understand, there is a gay district in Tehran now uh, that is just considered the gay area, and the police just kind of leave it alone, and that's considered to be the gay area. Sure. Um, and so, yeah, no, I mean, when I was there, that was that was discussed. I mean, it was in that that there are differences within the Iranian state. I mean, there are, there is very much a reformist wing that really wants to open up in some ways. There's also a hardliner wing, and there's economic differences, right? It, it, what's interesting is that that reformist wing is more free market oriented, whereas that hardliner wing is more socialistic in terms of their economics. Um, so. You know, it's interesting how Iranian politics works. It's not the, the, the formula we have over here. But you know, I brought that up, and that's that's absolutely true. And You know, yeah. No, you know. No, so too, what,
4: are the, what
6: are
2: the people that were supposedly executed for homosexuality in Iran? Like, these specific well, names, there, names? There was a photo
6: that went viral of, of two men hanging. Uh, it said they were hanged for being gay. They were hanged for raping a 13-year-old boy at knife point. Now, I don't believe in the death penalty, personally. If it was up to me, we would abolish the death penalty. But I think raping ra- uh, raping a 13-year-old boy at knife point is a little bit different than just being gay.
2: Right. But there's been there's been more than just one incident of this. Like, are you just saying that's not but real? No, I, Is that I would Western refer you propaganda? To the
6: New York Times I would refer you to a number of sources. No, I mean, they don't they don't execute people for being gay in Iran. Uh, from what I understand, they execute they they execute people for rape, male on male rape, uh, you know, and that in theory, in, according to their laws, you could. But it doesn't happen because of what I just laid out about how how you would have to
5: explain. But it. Didn't you just say that they do if four people are watching or something?
1: Well, he 8%. said that's the standard, but they can't get that. It's, it's like in the U.S. with um, for the I don't remember, like for the longest time, it was it wasn't illegal to have pot. If you had uh, this license from the government, they just never issued a single one of those licenses. So it's like one of the what, what Caleb seems to be saying is that it's one of those instances where a law is crafted, but it doesn't seem to do what it is supposed to do. Yeah, it's still a bad a law, though.
5: I right? agree. I agree. And it, and it's, a sim, it's a symbol of a bad, you know, sort of like cultural point of view that you know gay people are bad. Right. So we're gonna make this law. Well, he yeah. agrees with me. I, I'm gonna be best mates with him, buddy, under this call.
3: Yeah.
6: No, I mean, <laughs> I totally agree. I recognize what the Islamic Republic has achieved, which is raising a lot of people out of poverty, building a huge amount of infrastructure, um, you know, and in terms of the empowerment of women. If you compare the condition of women in Iran with the condition of women in Saudi Arabia, Qatar, Jordan, a lot of the countries that are aligned with the United States. And they have women generals in the military. They have a very they have more women in their parliament than than the United States does. So, you know, in some ways, it's not as simple as you might think. There are definitely problems and there are definitely things there that are that are wrong. No question about it. But it's not as simple as you might think. Let me just put it that way.
2: So if they if they did execute someone for being gay, would that be over the line for you?
6: What do you mean over the line? What does that mean? I mean, like, would you would you not not be willing to? No, would you not not be willing to work with Iran? Are currently in Iran, so I mean the way. that but let's say
3: let's say there was
2: there was an incident where there were enough witnesses tomorrow, and and
6: that happens, and they execute someone for homosexuality. That would be wrong. That would be wrong. Yeah, I mean, and it's wrong that people are are punished for making a pass on another man, and it's wrong that in Iran, you know. uh, that uh, a woman's testimony in court only counts for like a fourth of, a, of as much of a man's. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't endorse any of that. I don't, I don't think that one has to fully endorse every law in every country uh, in order to stand with them against imperialism, you know? I mean, if you were in the old Jim Crow South, right, and, and a, a lynch mob was assembling and they were gonna lynch a, a, an African-American man, would you go, okay, is this guy for gay marriage? I mean, is he for abortion? You know, I no, mean, but that's murdering you someone do that. You know, who the main enemy is, you know, that, you know, and I know that the US imperialists are not coming for Iran because they care about gay rights. They're not coming for Iran because they care about women's rights. They're coming for Iran because they want Iran to be poor. They want to destroy Iran like they've destroyed Iraq, like they've destroyed Syria, like they've destroyed Libya. They, wanna, they don't like a stable country that is exporting oil on the international markets in competition with them. That's why they're going after Iran, and that's why they don't like the Islamic Republic. And I mean, as since living in the center of the empire, I feel it's my duty to stand in solidarity with the Iranians or the Russians or the Chinese or the Cubans or the Venezuelans against this global system of monopoly capitalism that is tearing down countries all over the world and grinding people into poverty.
2: I mean, but it's not like you have to side with the United States. You can say that both of them are evil
6: in their own ways. Yeah, well, I am critical. And like that's what I said, I mean, you asked me if I approve of Iran's legal system, and I said, no, I don't. Okay.
5: Nice. Uh, there, there is a comment here, actually. Uh, I think we're all going to have a laugh at this one. So, <clears throat> it's from Joe Ga- Galman. Oh, look, a few <laughs> fascist libertarians and Nazbol, which I think might be you, Caleb, <laughs> <laughs> And and the fake anarchists all jerking each other off. Well, I can promise you, Joe, Caleb does not have his hand oh. down my trousers right now. I oh, wait. Neither <laughs> does Brent. You can fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> my hand is
6: down
1: someone's trousers, but not. But I, not, uh, not There's Josh. four witnesses I,
2: here.
3: Been, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, this, this person is spending their Saturday
5: coming and watching us. They hate. He hates all seven of us, and he's here watching us. So, 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 i so, just so, yeah. got like, yeah. i
0: just got a private request to jerk off on this live stream so i guess i can make this person's dreams come true <laughs> will, will you, uh, <laughs> will you my trousers
5: here, brian it's by the way.
0: thank you thank you very much <laughs> with all these witnesses <laughs> the, the yeah, funny thing right, by yeah. the way
1: is like people think calling me a fake anarchist is is like the biggest slam against me What well, they don't realize and josh you know this in the freaking anarchist scene, like, everybody gets called a fake anarchist by everyone else, (laughs) you know? know? it's Yeah, no, no,
5: Facebook is a terrible thing, (laughs) Brett. It really is. And I'm gonna have to agree with Caleb on that one. Like, social media is absolutely destructive to political talk. Absolutely destructive. Like, the the moment that you disagree with something, you're the worst person in the world, you know? like. Wait uh, a minute. And it shouldn't be like that. It should be like, here we're making jokes. We even managed to make Caleb smile. Come on! It's not—it's <laughs> not, it's not
0: just political Small talk. Spend some time—spend some time in a band chat room, you mm. know, on Facebook. Good lord! It's the exact same thing. Oh, you thought so and so wasn't the better guitarist, and you're not a real fan. I mean, that's really, honestly, th- you've always had that sort of snobbery in all these different corners, anyway. But it is so amplified by social media. Yeah, because you can't yeah. see the other
1: person's face. You can't see how you're hurting them. You don't know what's going on in their life, um, you know, and so they've become kind of an abstract to you. Mm-hmm. I And actually, in a weird way, this kind of ties back to uh, something that I was picking up on with, with the talk about Iran. Um, you know, like, as a red-blooded American male, uh, I was raised to support the United States and to support... I was 150% behind the Iraq War when I was 18. Um, you know, I thought that the... American imperial project was actually a good. I thought that they would go to these countries, they'd destroy their corrupt leaders and that they would build them up like America was. Um, and, uh, you know, I had a very, very harsh awakening to the way the world really was. And to like, you know, there, there's definitely shades of gray uh, in all of these nations. And I, I feel like a lot of people online seem to want to like, it's like a weird thing that you'll see out of like certain like very small marxist sects where they're well they where like six guys will like put out a newspaper and they're like we take a position on this and it's like a position on something like halfway around the world um <laughs> and like they don't have any effect on it one way or the other but like it's like they feel like they're having an effect on the world by 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 taking some strong uncompromising stand when really you know well, what they're doing is fapping about.
5: <laughs> right. I love your facial expressions, by the way, Caleb. Like constantly, you keep nodding, <laughs>
6: okay.
5: and you, yeah. your your eyebrows keep going up and down. I, I love it. Okay. Yeah.
6: Wow. Well, yeah. I can see your face, or I would comment. I would, would offer you the same compliments. Oh, on mate! Show. You don't want to I see that. See that.
5: See you have your nightmares. You'd have um, nightmares. Yeah. You have
6: nightmares. You like a hedgehog. Yeah.
1: Um. You know, it's interesting though. I've heard stuff about that. Um. Oftentimes, like with people with like media training, like we do naturally nod along when people talk because it shows you're listening. You know, it's polite. Um, And sometimes people seem to think that like if you're nodding, like you're approving of what you're hearing as opposed to, no, this is just like a learned behavior that uh, those of us who have worked as journalists, Caleb much more than me, uh, just kind of pick up uh, as a result of interviewing people frequently.
6: Sure. Well, I mean, it's feedback. It shows you're listening, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. if you're nodding, if you're reacting, that shows you're listening. If I was just kind of blank, I was like, you know, looking at my phone. I didn't
5: mean it in an offensive way, Caleb. (laughs) (laughs) I said I loved it. Uh,
0: I'm going to jump in here. It's funny, both of you, you know, mentioned journalism. Of course, that's what my background is. And a lot of times that person you're interviewing is looking to you on, is the timing okay? Is all this? So, yeah, you're always doing the nod Mm -hmm. to kind of keep, you can keep going you can keep going you're good you're good you're good it's it is it's a natural thing that kind of comes down to to you know kind of timing and everything else Mm -hmm.
1: yeah what's interesting too so caleb and i met each other um 10 years ago um at occupy wall street new york um which uh i came down to shortly after becoming an anarchist um and like that was just like such an interesting place in American politics because it was overwhelmingly like a left anarchist movement at the time. But like you had Marxists there, you had trots, you had um, crazy people, (laughs) you had a very (laughs) large, uh, you know, right-wing libertarian contingent. And you know, like a lot of those guys were totally fine, Uh, you know, uh, so like, in a in a way, It seemed to be like sort of the center of radicalism of people trying to deal with, you know, what had happened, which was, you know, Wall Street had crashed the economy, uh, you know, destroyed people's lives and homes and had gotten away with it scot-free. And it's been very interesting since then to, to, you know, move from Occupy where we were all together. Uh, and united around something to like the internet, where everybody's like cordoning themselves off and making sure to live in their particular bubble. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I actually go out of my way to be friends on Facebook with people who, do, who I disagree with. I mean, like, uh, you know, Hilditch. I don't know where you are right now, but like when we when we met, well, I'm, you know, I'm, somebody... I'm in
5: Mason in England.
1: Yeah, <laughs> 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 you you were you were an AnCap. Uh, I think you may... I don't know if you still are an anarchist. I'm more of a that.
5: market anarchist these days, yeah. I, yeah. Bit, I've sort of got, like, bored of associating labels with myself. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm kind of, yeah. like, at the point in my life where if something sounds good, then, yeah, cool, I'm I'm on board. Same. So, you know, so like, same. Yeah, right. So, like, you know, if Caleb says to me, do you want to go to the pub? Sounds fucking amazing. Let's go. I'm on board. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But it's the same way I, I treat my politics now. It's like, if you make a good policy or good idea then i'm i'm, I'm with it I'm,
1: I'm with you yeah absolutely um but yeah so like we all grow we all change uh and um i think like unfortunately like on the internet as i said you can't see the other person's face you you don't know anything about them they're uh, an avatar a line of text or something um, you know and also like it's really important to remember like rage and certainty are drugs like they literally hit your brain and you know oh, yeah. you gotta think like
5: I've seen I I you rage many times, Brent.
1: Oh yeah, I do it all. The time. I think I called um one of our friends Joey, uh, who who eventually you know became one of the people that I liked the most. I think I called him a grave robber. Oh well, not me.
5: Point. Hey, we've, we've been friends just as long. You know, you like me. You um, don't twat. I don't think, <laughs> I think I wish I, I didn't buy you that scotch and coke and fucking New York City now. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah. Then you, that, that would have cost you $20 at the time. So, yeah.
5: I was thinking it was about 15 Yeah, years. I remember looking at yeah. it going, what the hell is in well, yeah. this place?
6: Well, you I, I, I want that... to... I, I... Oh, go on,
5: please. I, I was
0: just going to say, I want to go back for just a moment, talking about the Occupy movement and how things have changed since that time with the internet. But there was a time capsule there during the Occupy movement when you had Anonymous doing all of the great work that Anonymous was doing. Mm-hmm. And you saw this wonderful use of the internet where people from all different backgrounds, nationalities, religions would focus on one great topic and, and not the ones just for the lulls, although some of those were hysterically funny, but you know, the bigger things, the Scientology, the helping, you know, with different uh, political struggles in other countries, that was where it was really showing we can all work together and then boom, A few years later, along comes the age of Trump, and all of that has devolved into exactly what we have now, which is nothing but shouting, anonymous is gone, the feds did a great job with that. So you don't have (laughs) these factions working together and using the internet as a common tool. Everyone's in their own factions now and screaming at each other instead. I remember like with with Occupy, like there was a period
1: where I was like, oh, we're all connected now. We can all speak to each other. Like this is going to build up into, you know, like a new kind of 1960s style, um, you know, cultural movement or heck even a revolution. Um, And, you know, it went from like I was protesting the Democratic National Convention and I met like the people that worked for Twitter and they were like, you know, they, they were sitting there going like, oh yeah, we're pushing back against the United States government trying to get us to out you. Like for a while I was like, wow, Twitter is a force of good. And like now mm-hmm. it's a hell site filled
6: with garbage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, it's Assange. just a dumpster George fire. I'm just sitting in Belmarsh prison right now. And I mean, if you want to talk about Occupy and anonymous and the freedom of information and all of that, you can't not talk about Julian Assange. I mean, facing extradition to the United States, uh, you know, the possibility of spending the rest of his life in jail just for exposing US war crimes. Um you he's, know he's I mean,
5: been moved he's been moved from Belmarsh, by the way, oh, Caleb.
6: Oh, where yeah. is he now?
5: Uh where- he's in I think he's in the south of England somewhere. There's another like maximum security prison he's been moved to. But they they constantly keep moving him around so that people don't know where he is. Mm-hmm. Which is what they do with um do you know who uh Ronnie what was it uh so I think it's Ronnie Johnson or something his name is that guy that just fought every single like British uh, mm. guard in a prison they did the same thing to him so they kept moving around to different prisons and that's what they're doing with julian assange as well the reason that they do that is so that you don't have protesters out from the prison because you don't know where mm. he is so mm. yeah you were right though he was at belmarsh mm. like- yeah, oh, yeah back yeah. it up
0: back, back back it up for a second back it up for a second hey stetson can you put that guy back up on the screen?
3: Sure, Joe can.
0: Gallman, <laughs> this stream is just oozing with smugness and vapid sanctimony. Then why the fuck you know are you what, watching, Joe? Joe <laughs> fuck off! Joe, Joe, I'll tell you what. You know what's oozing, buddy? The smugness and vapid sanctimony and you taking time to even comment that. Out of here.
5: You have to admire this guy's stupidity because he's like, Oh, fuck, yeah. I hate this podcast. I'm going to keep watching it. Okay.
0: <laughs> oh, there this again. is just fantastic. Boomer Joe.
4: <laughs> that is that, uh, yeah, that quite the boomer. Okay. boomer boomer moment there. Yeah, no, no, this
6: seems to be the new strategy now because of Russia and China. The U.S. government, yeah, they don't feel like they can just invade countries. So now, in order to get leverage, it seems like the policy is now kidnap people. Right? They had the CFO of Huawei, Meng, who was like detained in Canada for years. They were trying to extradite her to the United States. And now they've got Alex Saab, a Venezuelan diplomat, that they they grabbed off an airplane in Cape Verde and now he's in Miami, you know, he's he's got a hearing coming up this week. uh, you know, and and Jelena San just sitting in not in Belmarsh prison, but in some other facility, as you pointed out. And this seems to be the new strategy. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, this seems to be the new strategy of US officials. We they basically maintain if we accuse someone of doing business with a country we don't like or or whatever, we have the right to just grab them in any country and, and fly them back to the United States to stand trial. It, it's quite scary. I mean, when people talk about global government and all of that, I mean, can you, can you imagine that? Well, if I recall, like
1: one of the really disturbing things that happened uh, during Obama's term was when um, he had, I think one, at least one, it might've been two of it, but I think it was one uh, actual American citizen killed like mm. by jo- oh, yeah. drone strike, like without a mm-hmm. uh, trial. You know, yeah, um, Alaki's son. Yeah. And, and like, and, and the thing is, like, if you're oh, yeah, both like, of them. like, we have this process, like we have the legal process for a reason. And if, you know, the, the government decides that they just want to completely bypass that, I mean, really, they can just do that to anybody. Like, you know, um, what supposedly the guy he killed was like a
0: jihadi and had done all this. But we don't know because we weren't able to put him on trial. Right, right. And, and never forget and th- what pasty-faced Joe Gibbs, or not Joe Gibbs, uh, what was his name? It was Obama's press secretary. Oh, yeah, Gibbs. he should have, yep, he should have had a better father. Robert Gibbs? Yeah, he,
3: yeah, yeah, Robert, Robert Gibbs, Gibbs, yeah.
0: Gibbs should have had a better father then. And it, you talk about vape and smugness. I was like, <laughs> good God, man, that's honestly how you're going to answer that question. Yeah, Robert and Gibbs probably there, should have had a
2: better father, too. Yeah, pa- he probably, probably, probably should, should have, out. yeah.
0: <laughs> One not so pasty. I always called him Doughboy. And, he just liked that Doughboy. Well, and and
4: you know, and well, and then Obama too made jokes about drone bombing the Jonas Brothers. Yes, I remember. oh yeah, yeah. At the oh, yeah. at the, the correspondence dinner, like the,
0: There you go. That's some. I will drone strike them.
4: Yeah, I mean that's that's some that's some sug, snug. I can't say words today. Apparently, um, no, smugness. The, the smugness, smugness. There we go. Smugness and vapid sanctimony.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> smugness and
0: vapid sanctimony. Get that. Is it, is it vapid it or vapid? Our, our, are we
1: vaping vapid. the sanctimony?
5: <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. We. Vap- wow. I'm, we vap- I'm vaping everything. So, so, Caleb, do you enjoy this uh, podcast more than your podcast with Vouch? I think oh, that is,
6: that is sure. Advanced. I mean, this is not exactly my style, but I should probably get used to this. This is probably what most Internet spaces are more like. Right. This isn't, you know, my my highfalutin formality is not the normal way people chill. <laughs> I can see you smiling behind that.
0: <laughs> Caleb,
3: guy,
0: Caleb. <laughs> Caleb I, I, I agree. Like I, I, I'm an old I guess like I I'm an old radio guy. So to me, podcasts are still more in a format of a basic radio program. And that's just kind of how. I've always seen it, and then I started getting in with these these young little whippersnappers over here and the thing the kids are doing in the, the old Myspaces these days and you. so on. And, and, and so here we sit, and it is, it's it's a much more less formalized uh, concept. I kind of like it. it. It just allows for a lot more conversational tones without a timekeeper exactly. and all that sort of thing. And we sure as fuck aren't sponsored, so we're good. All right. <laughs> well, I like it because people went after Caleb because he frequently wears a suit when he streams because he's a professional
5: he didn't wear a suit this yeah. podcast I'm so angry I, 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 had, I, had, I had a fucking joke ready for that Caleb dude, Yeah, well, dude, yeah. you ruined it <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, he
6: it was, was very it excited it was for that from opening Guatemala. Uh, my wife is Guatemalan and she bought me this very nice shirt and I was thinking what should I put on and I thought why don't I just put on the nice Guatemalan shirt it does have a collar so it's semi-formal it's not just completely sloppy <laughs> You know, the, I thought about still this. Job
1: right? still job <laughs> you you look like in that thing. You look like you, uh, you, you should have like a like a straw pork pie hat, and you should be hanging out on a beach somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> with
0: a cigar, with yeah. a cigar. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, that's that's a very lovely trim. I assume that's probably all hand done, thing from Guatemala. I have no idea. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> you don't know how your shirt's done. No, I I'm don't, you, buddy.
5: <laughs> <laughs> um, so tell us about tell us about Vosh then. What what do you think of Vosh? Is it Vosh? Yeah. How, how do you pronounce it? Vosh?
1: It's Vosh. But, yeah. but for a, some what? reason people who don't like him there's like a meme that they always call him Vosh. Yeah. You know, that's it's spelled Vouch.
6: Uh, i i'm the one who came up with the nickname jabba the Vosh, uh which i think is hilarious <laughs> but, you know but there you go but yeah,
5: you think it's there as well you fucking told yeah, it i hope so and that's
6: the only that's that's the only one who matters so there you go but uh <laughs> but my, you know my critique of vosh is that uh that you know i mean his arguments where he's basically advocating you know hostility toward a number of countries around the world uh you know the the crass language that he uses. Uh, the kind of unfamiliarity with, with Marxism, you know, that he has. I, I just I think that, you know, people like Brent and I, who've been doing this for a long time, who take these ideas very seriously, get a little frustrated when we see some what is he, some Hollywood rich kid who just started screaming and now, you know, he's the expert uh, on the same yeah, thing. I have no but, no idea where he lives, yeah. but I mean,
4: someone
6: I'll someone back wants... on that
1: a little bit oh. because um like I wasn't I wasn't happy about the way he treated you. Um I've I've talked to him a bit since then, and you know, I I sort of feel like a lot of the problems that like political streamers have with each other would be solved if you just took them and put them in like a forum or like a Facebook group and everybody yelled it out and yelled it out and then people didn't leave. And then like eventually you come to see the other person like as a, as a real person. But the problem is that like with streamers it's in front of like thousands of people and it's got like such high stakes and everything that like, it's difficult for people to to work through, uh, I guess, initial distrust and, um, you know, anger. So I don't know. I, I, would, I would say, you know, with the conversations I've had with Vosh, um, you know, there's definitely a lot that I've disagreed with him on. I, I just, I really wish you guys could get along, but I don't think that's going to be possible well, after. I'm, I'm, the, I'm glad you said it.
5: What about me and Caleb? You want us to get along? Absolutely. Well, he needs well, to unblock I mean, me on Facebook first. Oh,
6: I didn't realize. I never – I didn't realize we'd ever interacted. So there you go. Oh, we, we, um, we did but,
5: to, be, to be fair, it was a dessert block. But. <laughs> uh,
6: um, but, yeah, I mean the other thing is that Bosch thinks socialism is an employee stock ownership program. I mean he's said numerous times that under socialism everything would be exactly the same as it is now except every company would be a worker cooperative. And I've said, wait a second. So you know, we have big pharma over-prescribing opioids, and so all the employees just get a share. Wouldn't they then be, you know, more motivated to over-prescribe medications? What if the military-industrial complex was just a worker co-op, right? Wouldn't they, you know, all the employees at Boeing and Raytheon be excited to make more tanks and bombs? I mean, you know, when you still have profits in command, profit is the basis of directing economic activity. That's still capitalism, right? It's just the profits are shared.
5: Yeah, I, I don't uh, like the guy, but is he really saying that? I don't think when he's talking about worker co-ops. I don't think he's like, let's make the fucking military-industrial complex a worker. Yeah, co-op. I mean, that's I those are his saying- words,
6: but everything would be exactly his the words? same as it is now, except every company would be a worker cooperative. So it would still be a profit-centered economy. Uh, sure, which, I
5: don't think he's talking about like the military.
6: I think well, I mean, if every company was a worker cooperative, would that not include right. Raytheon, General Electric? You know, you, yeah, have, cool. to, yeah, well, right, you have to right. make so medicine sure. somehow. I mean, you yeah. know. And you he's important.
5: I think he's <laughs> talking about like sort of lower scale stuff, you know, your local right. shop. Yeah, well, but, right. but hang on. This is something we
1: can, we can actually kind of dig into, um, you know, like because you guys are libertarians. Uh, I believe you're all fond of capitalism, like as a system. Um, so like, I, I, guess my thought would be like, what about capitalism? What about like running the economy, uh, based on primarily on profit? Uh, what, what, what is, what appeals to you guys about that? What do you think it's going to do? And so like, uh, to the point to where, you know, you identify as, you know, uh, I would say pretty aggressive capitalists.
2: Which one of us has taken that?
0: John, I, 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 I think you should take that because <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I don't know if I really even consider myself a capitalist anymore. But, I call myself – I mean, myself, I, I, mean
2: I still use the NCAT moniker sometimes. Sometimes I say market anarchist. Honestly, I'm for voluntary exchange, however that is, however people want to uh, set up their lives with the community around them. Personally, I like the idea of being able to – make voluntary transactions with people being able to create my own stuff and having a chance to advance in the world but i don't know that's that's just me i mean i mean economics aren't the biggest thing to me Mm -hmm. it's just i'm way bigger on uh war and the drug war and and things like 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 that
5: every podcast that we have here we mostly touch on the social aspects don't we yeah. yeah no we definitely
2: do
0: yeah. yeah, I I'd say we're very social driven libertarians. And it's probably one of the things that puts us at odds so much with the more right-leaning. And when I say right, <coughs> I'm not Justice. talking even economically. Yeah, I'm I'm talking about socially. Uh when you see the the trans jokes and the anti-gay jokes and the dropping yeah. of the N-word just to do it it's yeah it, it, we're it against people like us at odds mm-hmm. yeah, yeah i mean i, yeah, I do
2: believe in right. the and like the idea of the homestead principle as a as a principle basically mixing your labor with something owning it i mean i know that gets distorted in the current market for sure and there's debates about what can be done about that but i do like the actual principle overall
6: yeah well, explain, <laughs> explain this one to me um because this is one thing I've i've tried to comprehend why are there so many libertarians who like china That perplexes me. I I see many articles over and over again. I'll see articles where people that are advocates of no government, people who think Obamacare is full communism, will look at China where the government runs the banks and the government runs like 50 percent of the industries. And even the private companies are directly told what they're supposed to do by the government. And they will look at this highly statist, highly regulated state centrally planned economy and go, that's capitalism. I I have tried to understand that a lot, and I have some thoughts, but I want to hear what your thoughts are. Why are there so many Uh, libertarians? I'll answer that, that, Caleb,
5: because China is capitalist. I know you won't like that answer, but it is.
6: (laughs) Well, I mean, okay, but I mean, but I'm asking you, though. I mean, China does have a, I mean, regardless, we can get into that later, but. Regardless, this channel is called fake. Most of those people that like China would probably appear on there. <laughs> there's a huge amount of government involvement in the Chinese economy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, oh, I let, let, I
0: let me let me let me answer this real quick, okay? Yeah. I think it's because at the end of the day, so many libertarians love an authoritarian government. That's there are so is many that, it, it, that... it, right, right. It yeah. is an absolute <laughs> oxymoron, but it's why you saw so many libertarians falling over to the Trump train. They prefer yeah. a, a a monarcho sort of idea of a strong man at the top, the and then yeah, yeah, it's the hopper shit. It's and then let everything else trickle down, and eventually you end up with Kapistan because this strong arm leader like makes all the commies go away. That olden what,
5: and, and the other thing is, as well, <laughs> yeah, like uh, you know, a lot of libertarians all they care about is you know, less taxes, that's it, yeah, you know, for a lot of libertarians, and libertarianism is a lot more than that. So, mm-hmm. as Brian was saying, you know, when Donald Trump came around and promised them, oh, we're going to reduce your taxes, but we're going to be absolutely anal when it comes to the border, they didn't really care because all they're caring about is the finance side of it, and that's mm-hmm. not yep. good enough, and that doesn't make you a libertarian, that makes you a conservative. We are right, it's people
2: who want it's people who want liberty for themselves and not for others. Correct. Basically, there's a yeah, lot yep. of that.
0: Yes. Yes, yep. absolutely. That, yeah, if, and if your libertarianism isn't liberty for all. Then you're a fucking conservative.
6: Yeah. Well, one time there was somebody who made a comment in response to where I was pointing out. know, I mean, my position is that China is socialist. It's a it's a command economy. I mean, the, the, you know, the government controls the economy, a lot of free market stuff there. And there was somebody who made a comment in response to me that I thought was actually they had a good point, which is that China has a much bigger middle class uh, than the United States does. And that you know Russia also has a much bigger middle class. Right. And that small business owners are almost promoted and supported by the Russian and Chinese governments. They do a lot. And that libertarians as you know, small business owners, they respect that. Right. Um, and that uh, that that they see the Chinese government. Or the russian government doing a lot to kind of build up this middle class small business owner layer of their economy yeah the stuff at the top is all run by the government but that middle class is is propped up and is an essential part of it and they they see that and they like that and that makes sense to me and that that part of the reason the soviet union fell was there was this layer of people you know engineers technicians, college professors, artists, filmmakers who felt stifled, uh, you know, by the Soviet system. And right, rightly so. I mean, they felt like their their potential wasn't being utilized and that there was kind of stagnation in the Soviet Union because they weren't really tapping into that entrepreneurial energy to build socialism. And that's why I think Deng Xiaoping uh, had a lot of really good points in his critique of Mao and the Gang of Four was that, you know, is that you need that layer. You need creative people. You need a, a middle class. But My position is that, you know, banking and the economy overall, you should have a state central plan like they do in China. But, you know, I mean, that's an interesting point. And that, you know, I have a friend who's an airport bartender, and he told me that before the pandemic, he would meet, you know, southern conservative free market guy who just came back from China and loves China and thinks China is like what America should be. He would meet that guy over and over and over again. Um, And it was a little bit perplexing. (laughs) So there you go.
0: Yeah, one well, of uh, Lou Rockwell's writers lived in China. I remember. I actually had correspondence with him many, many was years it, ago. Was it
2: Jared Taylor? It <laughs>
0: wasn't Jared Taylor. No. It Wait, was, did like, Jared? Did remember...
4: Jared? Did Jared live in China?
2: No, I was just saying. Cause no. He, oh, okay. Lou Rockwell published something from him a few weeks ago. Uh,
0: yeah. No. It was. Uh, it was another one of his writers, and we used to correspond. And I actually asked him that question a few times. That was many, many years ago, so I don't remember for sure. But I remember, yeah, he had a real love for the small business community of China. I remember him saying that it wasn't nearly as – It was. I didn't like his answer here. You don't get in trouble if you don't make trouble. Well, I don't know exactly what that means. But at the same time, it was an interesting exchange of ideas. And there has always been that libertarian faction that has a great love of China. Well,
6: that is a weird thing when you say, you know, because I've noticed that having been to a lot of countries that the USA labels as authoritarian, I've noticed that in everyday life, there is a lot more like freedom. Like in Iran, I would see people riding motorcycles on the sidewalk all the time, you know, and I was like jumping out of the way for these motorcycles, you know, And in, in New York City, you do that. You know, the police are going to grab you and, you know, take your motorcycle and that's it. And that, that in a lot of countries that are considered to be more authoritarian, it's kind of like, you know, a lot of things are unregulated. There's just an understanding that, yeah, if you become a threat to the powers that be, uh, the hammer comes down really, really quickly, and there's not much you can do about it. But, but that is a weird thing. Whereas we're becoming more authoritarian in everyday life. I mean, skid, kids don't get into schoolyard fights anymore, right? If a kid is punched right. by another kid, he just has to throw his hands up and say, "Teacher, come protect me," because if he if he punches back, oh, I wouldn't. I'd get. fucking
5: smash his face out.
6: Right, you're right. <laughs> but if you do that, then then you get the same punishment as the kid who punched you in the face, right? And that that in a weird way. <laughs>
0: and they might say uh, you're a terrorist of some kind right right
6: there you go right and and i mean and so in a weird way like it is odd that that in some of these countries that are more authoritarian there is more freedom in everyday life people learn to fight their own battles people kind of feel more empowered but there is also like you know there is an understanding that if you cross a certain line the hammer comes down and you're done so mm-hmm. it's interesting to think about i think Across there's it is. like, it, it, like, very, like very around right. jay john yeah mm-hmm.
2: It, it I mean, I'd say it's it's kind of two different types of authoritarianism, or I don't know methods of authoritarianism. But I would I would say both of them are authoritarianism. I mean, sure. And the am not going to give the U.S. any excuses. Like, obviously, I'll attack all the countries you like too. But sure. the U.S. has the highest po- prison population per capita. There's all sorts of terrible shit going on over there. The, there's America. more. There's more
1: prisoners in uh, the U.S.'s prison system than were held in Stalin's gulags. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's insane. We, 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 we lock up 25% of the world's prisoners, like the entire world. No, no, it's insane. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is interesting. So Caleb, I, I want to connect a couple of things, oh. um, because Caleb, you talked earlier about, uh, you have the criticism of the idea that socialism is, is simply worker co-ops. Um, and I feel like, um, you know, with, with you guys, with regard to capitalism, um, what I'm hearing is, is, is that what you're primarily interested in is uh, the ability to be independent um, and the ability to, um, I, I guess, no, I mean, that would be it. the ability to be independent and not just yourself, but everyone has th- that certain amount of, uh, I guess, security that, that they're able to do what they want, that they're not, you know, on the edge of a knife. Um, one of the things that I've noticed and one of the things that I think Caleb is somewhat correct in when he talks about like um, the when he talks about socialism needing to be more than an employee stock program, um, which I don't think is a completely ingenuous way to, to put it but, it, but it's good. It, it gets stuck in your head. So good job on that. Um, so like socialism, it seems to have two components. Um, you've got the component of, uh, I guess, kind of the welfare state, whether it is welfare or uh, it's uh, people owning their, their their workplaces. But then you also have the macro um, kind of finance issue. And we, we can run it like when, you run, when you're when you running a capitalist economy, what you need to do is it's infinite growth. The, the vast majority of the investments that are made in Wall Street have to come back and make a profit some will some won't but most of them have to if they get to a point where more of them are not making a profit suddenly everybody pulls their money and industry comes to a halt paychecks bounce and like uh you know suicides go through the roof people get evicted so it's i've compared a capitalist economy to like the bus from speed if you didn't just have to drive over 55 miles an hour you also had to continually accelerate um and this oftentimes leads to like War and imperialism um, and just situations like what we had with COVID. Um, I've pointed out, for instance, like Vietnam did a phenomenal job of handling COVID. Uh, and not only did they protect their people, but they managed to have an economy that grew all four quarters.
5: Vietnam is not um, doing well with COVID right now, Brent.
1: They're doing way better than we are. But yes, they they got hit Anyone very hard is by is doing Delta. better
5: than the United States. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. well, exactly, because because like. The capitalist world, for the most part, looked at uh, looked at um, COVID and kind of said, "Okay, what do we do? Do we save the people or do we save the money?" Um, The United States went in and said, uh, "We save the people." No, 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 we save the money, and they wound up saving neither. Um, (laughs) Whereas, like with Vietnam, uh, up until Delta, they wound up. Being able to protect. Both. I mean, you you're and sort I think the like, reason like, you're, you're why they you're were arguing able to do like that. Social,
5: socialist states are doing very well there. Well, what about Australia? Australia's done fantastic, and they're a they're a capitalist mm-hmm. country. Well, yeah, like but really
1: Australia's
5: huge. Because
6: I, I'm actually
5: going <laughs> yeah, to yeah, to be fair,
6: with Brent here. But that's interesting, though. That that's okay, and I think this points to a disagreement that I have with a lot of the more mainstream, you know, currents of the socialist movement is that. You know, what you're talking about, this idea that capital must continue expanding, expand or die. This is what Marx called the general law of capitalist accumulation. Basically, if a business isn't growing, it's dying under capitalism. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But the problem, the problem that Marx pointed out is that that growth cannot continue indefinitely because technology eliminates jobs. And then pretty soon you have products that, that you know that can't be purchased, that can't be sold because workers have been eliminated from the means of production. And this is the built-in problem of overproduction and that, that capitalism has this built in boom bust cycle. That prevents it. It should, if if capitalism were to work was was work as it was intended to, it should continue to just speed forward forever. But it doesn't, right? It has these frequent gluts of of overproduction, uh, where basically people become hungry because of abundance creating poverty. You know, if you go to Los Angeles, there are huge, huge tent cities full of homeless people. Why are they there? Are they there because we don't have enough housing? No, they're there because in the United States we have too much housing. And so as a result of having so much housing, people aren't getting hired to go and build houses. And we have a glut, right? And that this is this is the natural problem that capitalism gets into. It can't create unlimited growth. If capitalism could create unlimited growth, uh, we could speed ahead, we could eradicate poverty, we could have, you know, all, all kinds of things. And the problem that we're facing in our time is that the computer revolution has created a situation where labor has been drastically reduced. I mean, the role of the worker in production has been drastically reduced. As a result, millions of people have no place at the assembly line. Um, And as a result, they can't continue to buy products the same way they are. So the governments are trying to keep the economies going in this kind of artificial way, even though the public can't afford to buy the products. Millions of people have no place at the assembly line and we're heading toward the disaster of capitalism in the 21st century which is this this built-in problem of uh, you know abundance creating poverty in an irrational capitalist system. I mean that's that's the general marxist critique and the, the critique that I'm hearing from you Brent this belief that well capitalism can make on you know endless growth but that's bad for the environment and that has all these other consequences. I feel like that's not what Marx was exactly getting at and that's different than my critique. Is, is yeah. do you think I'm well, representing the differences correctly Brent?
1: Uh, sort of I would say so there's a couple things to understand about the the market. Um, one is the market always does like it always crashes every few every couple of decades or so that's that constantly happens but it also always grows and always comes back stronger than before. Um, so in in a way you could say that it could go on and do that forever. The problem is is that it keeps crashing. so it's like, crisis, everything's going right, crisis, everything's going great, and that just destabilizes society. And yeah, eventually I think it will um, get to a point, where I think we're already at the point where like, it's caused irreparable ecological harm. I mean, like uh, global warming. The, we've known that uh, climate change was a problem since the 70s, But the oil companies were so powerful and were able to keep the ear of so many people and throw out so much misinformation that essentially they've sold everybody's future up the river. So, you know, again, it's it's the idea of, I suppose, putting profits as the central driving force within the economy. If we if we think about capitalism in a completely amoral way, if we think of it like a toaster. Like, you don't, you, there's there's not a righteous way to make toast and a and a, um, and a degenerate way to make toast. It's just it's just a freaking toaster. So if we're talking about like our economic and political system, I think it's important to kind of look at the look at the giant human machine, the web of uh, relationships between people and institutions um, and kind of look at it and go, OK, why does it do this and how can we fix that? The problem is is that when you start talking about it you know it's a lot it, it starts to make a lot of especially rich people very very uncomfortable because as, as it should
5: i'm gonna have to jump in here brent so like only you could be talking about economics and start talking about fucking toast yeah, and you know where my mind goes I with economics like, because
0: yeah, Brent, you mentioned the oil companies and, and all their corruption. Stetson, throw that last comment from the public back up on the screen, would you? The one about weed. There's a person. There's
5: a person yeah. from Brazil that wants yeah. to talk about legalizing. Ca- I'm pretty hey, sure. Hey guys. At least <laughs> I hope we are. We're all for legalizing. Ca- Caleb. Caleb. Yeah. Are yeah. Yeah. Okay. There we go. There you go. Next question. <laughs> I just, but I, but I wanted
0: to say to, to Percy Og91, greetings from America to you there in Brazil. And as far as legalizing cannabis, there's a big cloud for you, buddy. That's, yeah. that's
5: the first wow. time we've had it on the show as well. Like, hi, I'm from Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was nice. Yeah, I, 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 I will to say kill. this:
6: I am. I don't use drugs. I've never smoked cannabis. I don't drink at this point. I used to drink, but I, I don't. And well you know i am for legalizing all drugs and you know why i want to legalize them though so they can be regulated and i've often pointed toward the illegal drug market as a great example of unregulated capitalism because when you take laws out you de facto get the law of the jungle only the strongest survive only the most ruthless survive and the illegal drug trade is another nightmare and if if it was legal and regulated it would be a lot safer for people to use drugs people are going to use drugs anyway so why not have them use it in a regulated, safe manner? So in a way, my advocacy of drug legalization makes me the, like, kind of the opposite of a libertarian, which I think is interesting.
5: No, I think you're a, big that a is, that is right true. there. You, you, that, want, that is you want people to do drugs, and that's fine. We're all for that. <laughs> Portugal did well, the same thing. And, and that's the thing. I will take regulation. Would you do a line of cocaine that's with me, saying... Caleb? <laughs>
6: Well, there you go. I, I,
5: I, Josh, you know, I he's, sure about, he's would, about to leave. But, he's about to leave the court. No, no, no. But, but, but <laughs> Caleb,
0: you bring up you Caleb, you bring up a really interesting point. I, I, I credit you on that. Uh, and I would take regulation definitely as opposed to the form we have right now. But there's one thing I want to point out when you say that the drug market is unfettered regulation. And that's why we end up blah, blah, blah. I see where you're going with that. But it's because the state has also declared war on those individuals who sell the drugs. If they were just left alone to sell the drugs, plus you had another market over here selling the drugs and and the user could really choose who they want to go to 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 buy their drugs, you know, that'd be a whole different thing. But with that war on drugs there on top of all that, that's where the violence and that's where all of that is really yeah. created. To some degree, the the government itself has created drug monopolies. Amongst the the inner city gangs.
3: Yeah, and and
0: the, the funny part is, and I brought this up in my debate
1: with uh, James Hake, another um, uh, weirdo. He's a the he's the white Jesse Lee Peterson, like the the palette swap version. <laughs> um, yeah, when we were debating, like I brought up, of course, that like the entire war on drugs was predicated on Richard Nixon using drugs as the excuse to attack those that he saw as his political enemies. He, sure. he got people to associate uh, heroin with African-Americans and he got people to associate weed with hippies. And yep. uh, that way he, he could go after the anti-war left. He could go after uh, the, um, uh, the, the civil rights uh, black community that he saw as a threat to him and his power and uh, get them all put in prison. And uh, you know that was really like the beginning
0: of mass incarceration. But even prior to that, even prior to that, you know, back to what you said a few minutes ago about the oil companies, let's look at how, you know, cannabis itself became illegalized. It was because of collusion between the oil companies and uh, the newspapers, being William Randolph Hearst, who then convinced government that blacks and mexicans were going to rape all the white women because they were smoking the cannabis and suddenly you have a national law on something that was barely even discussed suddenly it's you know being clamped down because of that collusion from the top the the, the billionaires so to speak you know and their government buddies
6: yeah and it, and again they hit you from both sides right because it's mm-hmm. it is a fact that that modern drug culture if you want to call it that the the counterculture of the 1960s and in particular LSD and the widespread use of LSD is a result of the CIA. I mean it was project oh, sure, Ultra, and the CIA was distributing drugs all over college campuses and you know and all all over the place uh and that's why we had you know you know the use of acid and that the- I mean, in- Cassie, I-
0: Ken Kesey Ken was under the MK Ultra experiments and that's what went on to become the electric kool-aid acid test which influenced the grateful dead and all of acid culture you're right it all goes directly back to the cia and Mm -hmm. the inflow of cocaine the massive
6: inflow of cocaine and Mm -hmm. crack in the 80s was a result of the usa arming terrorists in latin america i mean the contras of nicaragua the 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 paramilitaries in colombia they're the people that you know that caused the crack epidemic in the 80s Uh, and and you know absolutely that journalist, Gary Webb, uh, you know, I mean, it, I guess yeah. he himself, but, you know, that's a very scary. I mean, he revealed this. And so and it's crazy because if you say these kind of things now, immediately you just get a bunch of people. You're spreading conspiracy theories. That's not true. Like, this is fact. This is not, you know, conspiracy theory. No one's talking about the Illuminati. No one's sacrificing any goats. There's no satanic cult here. This is stuff that that our own government has admitted it's doing. Uh, but now. Absolutely. It's, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Well, we, we, that we, was we
0: just, that was the we, crux we, of Iran Contra. That was the yeah, crux we, we, of it. We definitely don't Sending sacrifice drug money
5: don't and sacrifice and, and it's, it's, <laughs> Yeah, we don't have d- Invictus here. <laughs> well, and uh, so, we, so,
3: it's, we
4: so just, you see. So you you bring up some conspiracy theories, and it's it's funny because you know it's like yeah, the CIA did it. Like you know, the, and the CIA has done a lot of things, um, you know. But yet today we have you know big you know, cabals running thing. You know, they, they, these are the kinds of conspiracy theories that have, you know, that have popped up that all trace themselves back to the the protocols. Um, yep. But, you know, everybody's it's convinced, you know, Right, um, it's
6: always got to be the, the secret club, or or this the, group, or that group, or yeah. the Vatican, or the this, the, or the, Bill- the Jews, right.
4: the cathedral, this you know neo reactionary. You the know, August there's, there's somebody controlling, controlling all of us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. August
6: Villèle called anti-Semitism socialism for fools, and I think that's that's pretty accurate. You know that you know I mean when you when you're talking about human beings and their organizations, you need to talk about you know processes and institutions and motives. But it's just like well, there's this other group, and they got more money than my group. And that's not don't oh, we're going to get redistribute the money to my group. I mean, this is just, it's just classic bigotry and it's a very primitive
0: way of understanding things.
2: We just got to trust you.
0: Yeah.
6: Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> friends, oh.
0: friends, it's the Bilderberg Group. They're they're all over this thing, and everything is going down. <laughs> I'm going oh, go to remember when that was group. the boogeyman. Mm-hmm. I'm going to oh, the Bilderberg well, Group. They, they chose Obama. They they threw they threw Hillary right off that plane. We were right there. We had reporters there in Texas. I'm, I I got to go jerk off. I've got a lot of pent up energy.
1: Like, that's <laughs> a, that's a yeah. very good impression. You know,
3: it, it, it's really funny. You.
1: Um, so. There's another podcast that I really like, QAnon Anonymous, which is not a QAnon podcast. It's people who oh. keep tabs on QAnon and make fun of them, uh, and nice. do some really fun little short fiction, which is why I started watching it. Um, but like, they had a guy on who was a leftist uh, journalist um, who was like with Alex Jones, like in the early like the two of them shared like a motel room when they went to um, go and in, in like infiltrate. Well, yeah, Bohemian Grove. It was
0: John John, John Ronson. John yeah. Ronson. He wrote the book uh, Arguing with Conspiracists or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wrote so, the so script for uh, the men who argue with goats or stare at goats. The men who stare at, go stare at yeah. goats. Yeah, yeah uh, about stare a CIA goats, yeah.
1: program to destroy yeah. goats mentally. Like, he, what was really interesting was, was that he was like, he, both of them inf- actually did infiltrate uh, Bohemian Grove. Um, he just went to a local store, bought a bunch of stuff from like um, Brooks Brothers, looked like a rich, preppy guy, and just walked in. <laughs> and yeah. Alex Jones approached from the woods. <laughs> <laughs> Like, <laughs> snuck Brave. in, like, and so you know they both are there seeing this thing, and like the you know the guy the the, the leftist guy is like, oh my god, these people are ridiculous. Like that was the story. It was these crazy yeah, rich yeah. people that thought their stupid like ritual actually did something. And Alex Jones, he, he he's sitting there, and he's like, oh, it's, it's a
5: baby, it's
0: sacrificed. a real baby, that's a real yeah. baby. They're all <laughs> Satanists That's a baby. That's a, they're killing <laughs> a baby right there. Yeah, because they were sitting right next to each other. It was fantastic.
5: <laughs> Brian, Brian, yeah. you need to try harder because Caleb's not laughing.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's like every time, like, I feel like, you know, every time the radicals start to gain a little bit of traction, um, it, it seems to be that, like, they this bigotry-based ideology gets thrown into society to just point the mob in a different direction everywhere but at the rich people at the top and you know it, terrible things happen like as a direct result of that you know and, and like conspiracy theories in general like have been huge with like fascist uh fascist like biggest one uh was like for instance um uh franco who he, one he did two things he carried the severed hand of saint er- Teresa de Avila around like it was the freaking nuclear football, supposedly slept with it under his pillow and died while clutching it. And he was obsessed with like, (laughs) oh yeah, he was obsessed with conspiracy theories about the Mason. I've I've
5: slept with many things, Brent, but never a (laughs) 7,000. I'll tell you what, it's on my list now.
2: (laughs) I was going to say, don't knock it till you try it.
5: (laughs) Here's the the real question, Brent. Did he try to fuck it?
4: (laughs) I.
2: I would, I would
5: assume hope based, based would
4: on that. what I'm hearing right now, yes, I'm going to assume yes.
6: One <laughs> observation that I've heard is that, you know, that, that if you go into the military or you go into prisons, and those are places where you have a lot of working class people in prison and in the military, a lot of people that are very low income and struggling and they're in prison or they're in the military. It used to be in the 60s or 70s, the books that got passed around among prisoners or among people in the military were Marxist books, uh, and generally like Black Panther books, George Jackson, you know, stuff like that. Nowadays, if you go to a prison or you go into the military, you're going to get a copy of Behold the Pale Horse, which is one of these Illuminati conspiracy theory books that's kind of anti-Semitic. You're going to get Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand. That is all over the prisons and it's all over the military. And it seems like in these very working class spaces where you have, you know, people in the military are wondering, what are these wars about? Why am I being sent over here to die? You know, people in in prisons have a lot of time to think about stuff, and they're you know not at peace with the society. They're locked up. It seems like in these spaces, uh, it's right wing literature that is now what people get their hands on, and it's now when people have their awakening in the military or in the prison, uh, that's what they turn to. And that's probably, if anything, I think that's why the right has really gained a lot of traction in recent years. That's my.
0: That's a good point. And and do you know? I mean, is the Turner Diaries among them? I would imagine that's among i think
6: that would be banned in prison though i don't think because it's yeah, okay yeah, but ju- judging by better. some
5: of your comments there caleb is it is it not a fact that the right has risen simply because the left is not making a good enough argument
6: um i would argue that uh the left is in a crisis and i i mean i eating the drum out of the movement to the masses uh, that, that I argue that, you know, in the 1960s, there was this current that was against uh, against the Vietnam War and such. And, you know, there was an effort to infiltrate it and the government was manipulating it and such. But at least it was kind of against, you know, against the wars, against the government and such. But now, you know, what what they call wokeness, this this, you know, kind of current that is defending Joe Biden, from Donald Trump, who's the next Hitler. And and we all have to, you know, and anyone who anyone who wants to demand AOC force the vote is actually a secret Nazi that current is is toxic and we need to get to average americans uh, and just say look we as socialists can offer an economic program that will improve your lives um and that is that is my attitude. And I, I've, you know, I put out a book critiquing the bread tube ideology, which was a brilliant. Uh, yeah. book. I had I had I a look at that book. That leader, but like, I... I have never that was I have never made so much money off of a book. Uh, it was brilliant. I knew I knew that they would okay, <laughs>
5: Ben Shapiro, calm
6: yeah. down. <laughs> 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 and, and lose their minds. And still, I mean, it's been out over almost a year now, and they're still running with it. I still see you know somebody reading it out loud on their stream and saying saying stuff so that was that was i mean that was probably one of my smarter moves but but yeah I, I believe that you know actual marxism has been kind of watered down and that there is this kind of liberal you know emphasis on cultural issues and and liberal ideology that is coming out and being widely promoted by like the new york times and you and say other
5: emphasis on social issues yeah so, yeah i mean that's explain that's, that's, explain, that's the issue. explain. Well, give, me, give me a I couple mean, of examples
6: um I'll I i do not know. Um great. You don't know. You example. wrote a book about oh, no, it. No, I'm just coming <laughs> off the top of my head. Here's a great example. Right. I tweeted out that, you know, I support gay marriage and I support abortion, but I'm willing to work with people who disagree with me on that point. And immediately uh, that that tweet was retweeted at least 800 times. I had all kinds of people telling me I was an evil, murderous person. I had a number of people who told me this is my favorite. You said this because you're white. And I said, actually, no, I was thinking about black nationalists, Muslims, a lot of non-white people that are against abortion and gay marriage that I would work with. You know, I mean, the leader of the anti-death penalty movement, probably one of the most famous anti-death penalty activists, was a Catholic nun for many years. Right. And I, I bet she's against abortion. I bet she's against gay marriage. But she I is. would march with her against an execution. I know there's a but, but- there's. You know, there's an execution in Texas coming up. The first Latino woman to ever get the death penalty is is approaching. I mean, she's going to be executed at the end of April, even though there, there's a lot of evidence that. I mean, if you look into the case, I mean, it's a pretty, particularly horrific case. Many of the people protesting that are going to be people that are deeply religious, are deeply socially sure. conservative. And I will. And, and, to- and those
0: are and those are many of my heroes. Those are many of my heroes, yeah. Caleb. I but, 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 you uh, know I'm a huge. I, I I there's a lot of like the Catholic. Uh, faith yeah. that I'm, I'm really into and i disagree with them on some of their social views but that doesn't stop me from seeing them for the terrific human beings that they were in other respects sure uh, i'll hey, point hey, out hey, hey, with hey, regard to you,
1: the with regard down? to the catholic church hang on for just a second Josh. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, i will point out that um when trump was doing the family separations and throwing the kids into the concentration camps like the catholic church came out and was and said pretty strongly that they were they were considering using ecclesiastical punishments um, which essentially would be up to possibly excommunication for individual officers who actually went and did that if they were Catholics that you know they might have been you know completely removed from Catholicism if they were true believers I mean they were going to go to hell. So, like, you know, it's not as simple as one side is one side good, another side evil. There's a lot of overcross, overcross, and you know, people are sure. very layered and um, weird. <laughs>
5: <Just> <laughs> Here's the thing. So, so, Caleb, you sat down with uh, Dugan, right? Yes. Right. So, and he's a third positionist, is he not?
6: No, I believe he refers to himself as a fourth position. Uh, so oh, they, oh, a
5: fourth one? There's a fourth yeah. one now?
6: No, a, <laughs> Lots of positions. Called, hell. The, Out of control. the book is called The Fourth Political Theory. That is the book of his that I read. And while I disagreed with a lot of the content, I found it to be very insightful. I mean, Dugin's a very important intellectual in Russia. Um, he, and he was, he was a founder so of the Communist Party uh, after the fall of the Soviet Union. He wrote much of the Constitution of the Communist Party after uh the communist party kind of proved it wasn't gonna you know be able to really have a revival in the 90s he and a guy named edward luminov who's like this punk rock novelist who who wrote novels about gay rights and stuff they started the national bolshevik party uh and then dugan from what i understand was kicked out of the national bolshevik party and he now runs a think tank called the eurasian movement and he's a widely respected you know political scientist in russia who i disagree with on many points i mean his, his worldview at this point is fundamentally conservative. He rejects the notion of historical progress. He says the
5: past. It's, it's extremely conservative. That's, yeah, that's and not, that's, that's not, not
6: my viewpoint. Know. But because do you, do Russia you think is it, a country that is struggling you, against imperialism, and because he's one of the main critics of Western Western capitalism in Russia, I thought, you know, hey, I have this opportunity to go where he's at. I will say, I I you know, I mean, you try to, the way you speak, you know, you try to be friendly and, you know, you know cheering to your audience. I could have chosen my words a little more carefully. I found out I was giving that speech literally five minutes before I was giving it. And then it was just, I thought I was going to an event where he was speaking. And then they they said, oh, you'll sit right here. And they sat me right next to him. And I'm like, oh, I said, how long am I speaking? And they said, try to speak less than five hours, okay? And I'm like, oh, okay. And so, you know, I-, yeah, no, I tried I'm, not, to... I'm
5: not sure you can do that, Caleb. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
6: no, there you go. Uh, but, you know, I tried to, you know, I just tried to, you know, praise praise Dugan, and bring forward some of my critiques of the Western left. Yeah, but
5: he's, 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 he's espoused some pretty fascistic views. He's
6: all over the place. Uh, he's also espoused some very communist views, and his book, The Fourth Political Theory, attacks... Right. both. Well, that's, that's what a goal is, goal.
5: is, right? That's what um, a is. He,
6: Well, actually, he he was a member of the nazbol party but he was kicked right. out and the guy Come come on,
3: serious the guy
6: story. who yeah. started and the nazbol party was actually much more liberal than he is i mean that was kind of a punk rock party edward luminov who was the the leader of the, the nazbol party before it was outlawed uh is actually quite socially liberal on like lgbt and issues like that so nazbol is this meme that this synthetic left has created that you know if, if anyone kind of you know disagrees about this or that that means that they're they're a Nazbol. It be a mean. I mean, if, it? He, if he made a par- if he was part in of party because- Russia, was considered to be a left wing party. It doesn't mean Nazi communist. That's I mean, not- but wasn't their flag basically just the no- Nazi, Nazi flag communist with hammer a hammer in the middle? Caleb. Yes, because uh, that comes from the Sex Pistols, is my understanding. Right, the, that was a T shirt that was worn by one of the like the lead singers in the Sex Pistols, and they thought it looked badass, and they wore it with their leather jackets and such. And yeah, I mean, you know, but the national Bolshevism was a party in Russia. It was outlawed in 2007 uh, because of illegal activities, street fighting, some demonstrations that got raided. Yeah,
5: extremely reactionary policy as well.
6: Ah, they and always, were considered always in oh, Russia. Come on, well, they are come considered on. left-wing because because of their you know their invoking of the Marxist heritage. There was Russian nationalism mixed in with it, but in Russia they were not considered conservative. They were considered to be this rowdy group of young Socially, people. Socially, they were extremely
5: conservative.
6: And, you know, you come know they, no, they they were not considered right-wing. They were considered to be national. I'm not saying that. I'm saying I'm but, saying
5: that they were extremely conservative on their social views.
6: Well, but in Russia, that's pretty common, right? I mean, you know, the the kind of, you know, liberalism that we have here in the West, I mean... Homophobia in Russia, anti-Semitism in Russia—something is something you're going to find all across the political spectrum, unfortunately. Yeah, of course, and you're especially, going to find that as well. Especially in that. the '90s, at that time, the fall of the Soviet Union was a period where the country was in a huge amount of crisis. There was a huge rise of anti-Semitism. There was a huge rise of, of confusion and such. But yeah, and I'm not—I I don't want to fall into the trap of trying to defend a party I've never been a member of. I, I met a guy once. Oh time, no, no,
5: we're, we're not I, asking you to defend. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. And so, I, don't, like, I don't think you're defending him. To be you're explaining something.
6: Right. You're not. Yeah. Right, politically, this meme that that there are. I'll say it again, are,
5: Caleb. Yeah. Calm down, Ben Shapiro. <laughs> yeah, well, I sound like
6: Ben Shapiro. That's interesting. A lot of people no, say you, that I, no, that you I don't like sound ben. Like, ben. like Ben Shapiro. I don't. So you, okay. You're okay. not a cunt like Ben Shapiro.
3: <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: you 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 sound actually you sound like a cross between Ben Shapiro and Chris Cantwell. Okay. And I'm sorry to say that, but it's it's just bad. Who's Cantwell? Oh, he's oh the the, the crying Nazi. Oh, the crying Nazi. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I
6: like
3: his more voice, Just let uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right. How's that? Is that... Are we more- <laughs> that was great. That was great. But no, that wasn't meant to be an insult at all. Just, I, I it liked just, it before he Trump was the,
1: the crying Nazi. He, he came in. He was somehow brought into uh, our Facebook debate group. Lasted oh, like God. all of.
5: <laughs> I, I added, I added him. Yeah. yeah. So I, I oh, you. These separate. You like uh... encountered,
6: right? I mean, it's like yeah, Dubin Chris. I mean, it's like this is a, a strange world, isn't it? Right. But like, yeah. <laughs> I, we we can't. Well,
5: Brent, if you remember, I made I made a sock account that was basically it was like a neo-Nazi sock account, so I could add Cantwell. <laughs> and <laughs> <then> <laughs> when I done that, I added him to the group, and he was like, wait. You're Josh Hilditch. I
3: fucking hate that guy. I was like, "Hi." That was me all along.
0: (laughs) It's it's so bizarre to me how all of us sitting here can turn on the national news at night and probably see some right wing thing figure that we've encountered in some Facebook group, you know, at some point along the way.
5: Well, I don't know about you, but yeah, we're literally watching the.
0: uh... Literally watching the
4: um, uh, Donald Trump's second impeachment trial in the Senate. (laughs) Invictus called the dox us Mm -hmm. when the page started. Oh, he did?
2: Yeah, it was the Liberty Hangout people were posting about it, about us. Like, who are these people? Because they didn't know who we were. And then he just wrote like, dox all leftists at the bottom.
5: (laughs) What a a clown. What a clown.
1: You know, it, it. I will. I'm going to go on record for one thing, just because it, it came up with uh, with Ben Shapiro. So I wrote a play um, called Trolling 101. It was a short, like 20 minutes. Yes, I remember
5: reading that script, Brent. You sent it to me about 400 times. Yes, good. I'm glad.
6: You <laughs> <laughs> too. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah.
3: <laughs> no, you
6: wrote the Rudy script.
3: Uh, it was good.
6: good. I'm glad you sent it to me. But like,
1: I wrote that, and like, I literally came up with facts don't care about your feelings as something for the troll to say before freaking Ben Shapiro came and like made that his catchphrase. So it's my phrase. I thought it was stupid at the time. I'm suing you, Ben Shapiro. You owe me a quarter every time you say it.
5: Right. On, on that, Brent, by the way, now that yeah. you're on the Fagetarians podcast, can you please stop messaging me at 3 o'clock in the fucking morning every single fucking day? I will I, <laughs> what, I will message you
1: at 3 o'clock in the morning. It just won't be about the fakearians.
5: Well, it'd be a bit of a, you want to be in my bed or something like that, is it? Maybe, or, maybe we can negotiate, picks.
6: like 2.45, right? Maybe 3.15, you know?
5: Caleb, don't give him ideas. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs>
0: okay, at 2.45, I send the dick pics. At 3 a.m., you send whatever else, Brent. Oh, I said I'll
1: send some very strange things. You 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 may not even be able to interpret them, but it yeah, may be yeah. I'm, I'm,
5: I'm sure you were going to send those things. I'll fucking go to the cops, you know. status, status. Oh we no, 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 no. You. no 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 I'm, I'm, It was it was a joke. It was a joke. Yeah. I'm you know that's what we do <laughs> on the Vegetarians Podcast, Brent. We tell jokes. So I said to Billy two weeks ago, I want the best joke that you can tell. Caleb Malpin, the stage is yours. Tell me your best joke.
6: My best joke? Yeah. Oh, boy. Apart wow. From yourself. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I, I'm not a joke-telling kind of guy. Can I? Can you come back to me on this one?
3: No. you going to do it now. Like, like, <laughs> what do you okay. mean? We're going to be in, right, in so four like weeks' the first time. It
6: comes into my mind as I'm thinking of jokes. Okay. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. No, I mean, I, I'm just drawing a blank. I'm just, You're I'm not a comedian. A I'm not a comedian. I mean, I'm tempted to say something like libertarianism. Ah, ha, ha, ha. But I feel like that's a hey, hey, so are
0: while, 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 <laughs> while, while, well. while, dis- while we're discussing <laughs> well. this, let me give you the best punchline ever. Okay. okay I won't here. even give you the joke. I'm just going to give you the punchline. Yeah. Those aren't tomatoes. Those are last week's abortions. Oh, I remember yeah. that one. Oh, man, this is taking me back to middle
1: school. Okay, uh, so my, my joke, um, it, it'll be oddly appropriate. Okay, so the FBI, the CIA, and the NYPD are all arguing about who's the better crime-fighting organization. And so um, President Biden, you know, he decides that he's got to have all of, his, all of his ducks moving in the one row. So he, what he does is he's thinking about ducks. He takes a duck, and he lets it loose in the forest. This is the first organization to find this duck gets the prize. So uh, the uh, like like uh, the FBI they start like ser- searching out the place. They put informants in animal suits all over the thing. Nothing can't find the duck. So the CIA comes in. Well, they burn down the forest and claim there never was a duck. So then the NYPD they go into the burning forest and they come out with a bear. And this bear has been beat to hell. He's missing teeth. His fur is singed. And he's going, all
5: right, all right, I'm a duck. I'm a duck. Brent, that wasn't a joke. That was a bloody essay. <laughs> <laughs> a do, do,
0: you, do, do you Do you want to hear the hey, most Caleb's racist joke? joke? No, Caleb's got a fact, joke. Is, it's so incredibly racist. I, I'm going to give this one real quick. It's so racist that it's no a, joke. We're a, we're a, oh, only, God, a only a punchline. Only and a he, punchline, he's, signal. He's okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those oh aren't speed bumps, it's the Jackson 5.
3: Oh, oh
5: God. No. No, no, nobody laughed. Everyone was like, You absolute oh, piece yeah. of shit. You <laughs> were irrational
6: and repugnant.
3: Yeah. All right,
6: there's a guy who moves into a neighborhood. Uh, um, oh, here we go, here we go. I'll moves listen, into I'll a neighborhood listen. and he knocks on the door of his neighbor's house and introduces himself and he says to the neighbor, What do you do for a living? the neighbor says, oh, he says, I'm a professor. I teach logic at the nearby university. And he says, really? He says, wow, well, can you explain logic to me? He says, sure. He says, I'm looking across the, the street at your house. And, and I see that you have a dog house. And that leads me to believe that you probably have a dog. And that leads me to believe that you probably have children. And that leads me to believe uh, that you are probably married. And that leads me to believe that you are probably married to a woman. And that leads me to believe that you are probably heterosexual. And the guy is stunned. He's like, that's brilliant. I do have a dog. I do have children. I do have a wife who is female and I am heterosexual. This is brilliant. So he goes to the nearby bar and he's sitting with a friend and he says to his friend, he says, I just met the most brilliant guy today. He's a professor of logic at the nearby university. He says, really? He said, well, what did you learn from him? He said, oh, it's, it's really, it's really good. It goes like this. He says, he says, uh, now he says to his friend, he says, do you have a doghouse? And the guy says no, and he said, Oh my god, you're gay
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll uh, tell, t- tell, tell you
5: what, Caleb told a way better joke than Billy Pop last week. <laughs> nice one, Caleb. Nice one. Okay. But also, that was I mean, great. I, I, that was- I really I like the, the, the deepness of Caleb's voice. It's almost like, you know, when you get into an elevator, you, I would love to hear Caleb Malpin's voice going second floor, but you can't second. get out.
6: Second floor,
3: please. Yes. There's,
5: there's,
1: <laughs> if, the, if the politics ever goes by the wayside, you have a career as a
5: ASMR. Yeah. I can just imagine <laughs> Caleb, like, if, you know, the lift doors are closing. Living you traps in a windowless, airless coffin, traveling down with a hundred miles an hour. Well, I, I, I was
6: in Britain when, of when I was a kid, and I couldn't get over. So you know, you know, you know. In New York, we have the subways, and it's like, "Stand clear of the closing doors, please." But but in Britain, there's this voice, and it's like a woman's voice. It's mind the gap. Mind the gap. You've obviously in there. I can't get over Mind the gap. Like, that is such an awkward thing to say. But like yeah, well, if you, if you you ever a come a to Maidstone, um, right? Caleb,
5: if you ever come to Maidstone, they go, what's the fucking gap, you silly cunt? <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right.
0: Yeah, every time I've been with a British woman, she goes, mind the gap. Now it all makes sense.
5: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the gap is between her legs, for sure, yeah. But... Right. <laughs> that,
0: that, yes, thank you. That's the joke, Josh.
3: Right. <laughs> wow, we just happened our audience.
0: Thank oh, you, Josh. <laughs> yeah, 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 our audience has to have X.
5: Yeah, just, just in case anyone didn't know, we're talking about vaginas. In case anyone <laughs> from the Mises caucus
0: is
2: watching
5: <laughs> yeah. the, the, well, the the the, the focus are probably sitting there, John, like, what, what the fuck is a vagina? Is <laughs> what a vagina is.
0: <laughs> As that toad guy is like hand jobbing one of the other. Powerful, or stick,
5: sticking hands down trousers like that guy. we have me no idea China. what we're talking about right
0: now. <laughs> we're making Apparently, fun of like the the worst of the worst libertarians. I th- I, like, yeah,
5: I think, I think Caleb's brought the worst out of us because we were talking about China, and now we're talking about fucking people. Like...
0: Yeah.
6: <laughs> the other thing I, I, was I just thought like... about, right, is do you remember that that awful kids' show called the Power Rangers that was popular? Like when we were kids, <laughs> yeah. to love that show. I yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: Mighty yeah. Morphin Power Rangers.
6: <laughs> the theme song of the show was like somebody was totally half-assing it. It was like. Go, go, Power Rangers. Go, go, like, I I thought it was funny. So I remember looking on Wikipedia about that. That song has a lyricist. There's actually somebody who got paid to write go, go, Power Rangers. And that cracks me up like nothing else. And I don't I said, think he had a job like, in the morning. <laughs> yeah, there's got to be like a, a, a lyricist convention where that guy's like walking around and there's somebody who's written like some epic work of music, you know, you know, like, you know, the guy who wrote MacArthur Park or whatever. And he bumps into him, he's like, Hey, what did you Can write? You like, oh, I wrote the theme song for a popular television show. Is
5: that, where the, is that when the gun loads as well? Yeah, yeah, right.
6: out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's like, what did you write? And he's like, well, I, I wrote, you know, uh, go, go, Power Rangers. Uh, it's a, just a very, very profound piece of writing. You know, that that, that I, I envision that many, many times. That That is a <laughs> scene I'd it's like
5: a, to is, do, you, do you go to sleep thinking about that, the Power Rangers yeah,
6: song? Yeah, yeah, So there you go. You do? yeah I'm really you do? glad you, you brought do? up
0: MacArthur Park, though, and Jimmy Webb, because, yes, I know who wrote that song. Okay. He also wrote The Highwayman. Oh, okay.
1: Uh, I... So I will I will quibble just slightly. I was a little too old for Power Rangers, so I did think it was kind of dumb. Uh, but also, the Green Ranger is amazing, and he has a Dragon Zord, and that's badass. That uh, it's officially badass. And I was actually really excited because um, the actor who plays him is actually a martial artist, and was supposedly prevented from doing any kind of like you know like mixed martial arts or whatever. By his, um, uh, his like, uh, I guess what, what's the, con- the 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 contract they give to people who like work for Disney and stuff with kids like his morality clause wouldn't let him do the fights. Hmm. And supposedly a few years ago he was he was getting ready he was actually going to step into the ring and then didn't happen. So leads me to believe that uh, he may not be as good of a martial artist as I
6: had hoped he would be.
5: Oh, I man. When you kicked me in the we bloody shin in New York city.
6: <laughs> another, thing, another thing I like to think about is the Washington Monument, right? We all know what it looks like, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. But I was reading a history book when I was in school growing up, and I came across an interesting bit of information, which is that George Washington actually had measles as a child, and as a result, uh, you know, he could not do what that statue looks like, uh, and actually all his kids are adopted. that that occurred to me and i thought you know there was probably a moment where george washington was like sitting around with his friends and they're all like you know george you've got it all you've got everything right uh you know you're the first president of the country you're the richest guy in the country you're you know the founder you're you're all of this but there's one thing that we can all do that you cannot do (laughs) and when you die we are going to build a statue of that one thing that you cannot do And that's why the Washington Monument looks like it is. They say it's an Egyptian obelisk. I don't buy it. I am convinced it's an inside
5: joke. That's my deal.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, was dick, was- dick, Washington.
6: Yeah. I'll tell you,
5: I, that
0: is
1: exactly what I would do were I a world leader. Um, yeah, me too.
5: I'll build a giant monument of your cock? No, <laughs> I, well, not I build dicks, dicks
1: everywhere. I, I would build a giant monument um, to someone you know, who, repren, who...
5: I knew, I knew you love yourself a lot, but <laughs> fuck me.
0: Oh. <laughs> I love myself quite frequently.
5: I love, you. I love you, too. I love you, too. Yeah, yeah I, I
0: would love I, to be I, a I, dictator I, and just, like, command that everybody just draw dick pics on everything. Like, just the <laughs> most base, like, that, that, that's, like, mandatory. If you want to own, like, a small business, your window has to be riddled with little dick pics.
1: You know, I, I, oddly <laughs> enough, this, this does tie into something uh, I think Caleb will be happy to talk about, which is Gaddafi. Because, like, Gaddafi as a dictator was, like, the guy who did all the crazy <laughs> shit that he would do. Like, uh-huh. you know, he, I remember, he had, like, an all-female guard that, like, had, like, they yes. had to have a certain number of buttons undone on their uniforms, supposedly. I remember that. And, and also, he would, he would give money to, like, pretty much anybody who came up to him and, and if he liked you. Like, mm-hmm. so, there were a lot of people, I forget exactly who it was that he funded, but he funded, like, a lot of pretty cool people uh, just because they happened to cross his
6: path.
5: So, so I guess well, I guess the question I mean, there is, Brent, uh, how much money did you get, Caleb? <laughs> <laughs>
6: well, it's interesting, you know, I mean, he did give money to the Black Panthers. Uh, he did give money to the IRA. He did give money to Nelson Mandela. He gave money mm-hmm. to a lot of progressive people around the world. There's no question about that. But as far as the whole like giving money away thing, Saddam Hussein was famous that for that also. Uh, my understanding is that uh, Saddam Hussein, like if you got married, there was a slim chance Saddam Hussein might show up at the wedding party with a wad of cash. And so it was like that was at a a wedding. Everyone was wondering, oh, is is Saddam going to show up at the wedding? And if he did show up at the wedding, he would bring with him just huge wads of money and just start giving them away to everybody. And that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of what these these guys are kind of famous for. I mean, didn't, I believe, you know, what is it, uh, Juan Perón? There was that what, the thing where they were giving away money, too, and that's just something that's kind of like, a you know, it's just like politicians like doing that, right? Doesn't the Joker do that in Batman? He's giving yeah, away then, money.
2: Then Saddam showed up at the Kurdish weddings, and that didn't go too well. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs>
6: and, and, and,
3: <laughs> and, of course, you like, we, that's we, that's got, we got, we got the, the
1: craziest president ever, Trump, and what did he give out? Like, a roll of toilet, uh, a roll of paper, <laughs> toilet paper. paper. Toilet <laughs> right, right, of the, paper. Right.
5: That's and that really my red That still baffles my mind to the day, Um, Brent. Where, like, you, you, where was he in Haiti or something like that? Like, you know, there'd just been a natural uh, Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico, Puerto Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico. And you know, he basically went there. went I've got this, I've got the solution, guys. Just bear with me. You guys need some fucking bog roll. It was, was, uh, yeah, bog roll. (laughs) Yeah, because because... when when you have a fucking tornado or hurricane, (laughs) that's all you're worried about is having a shit. Yeah.
4: (laughs) well i mean that's because more or less i mean trump's cash poor so he doesn't have any money to give out
1: that's why he won't release his tax returns I- i'm convinced that's, he's not really a billionaire yeah. oh i'm
0: convinced of it too and that's
3: he's, you know i thought it, it was funny. common knowledge
0: yeah yeah that's yeah. very true
4: he just i mean it it i mean he really does he's made up his his um his wealth entirely. I mean, that's the whole crux of the, um, you know, the New York investigation. You are know talking
6: to Donald Trump's favorite reporter, right? You know about that,
3: right? <laughs> you Donald Trump's know favorite reporter. Please tell us.
6: Oh, oh
3: dear.
6: Hear
0: oh, <laughs> this story.
6: March of 2016, he had a press conference at the hotel at the old post office in in D.C. I went to it, and I was trying to ask a question, and he, he on video don't take my word for it. He, he turned and he said, all right, one last question. Uh, who's my favorite reporter? Uh, this guy here, right here. And he pointed to me. So Donald Trump Attention is on saying I am his favorite reporter. Now I'm sure it, could be interpreted as an accident but shouldn't we give him more credit than that i mean you know he was president and stuff it's not like he would ever say anything stupid so you know i I appreciate his endorsement i think on my next book i'm going to put my favorite reporter donald trump on the back as a blurb you know just because and uh, (laughs) i I think i can go for it but that is actually on on video if you want to see it so i appreciate it i I thought i I would
5: like to see that caleb yeah and I. I why why didn't you call him a cunt you should I, I hope the
6: New York Times would run with this or something because of my, like, international – I was hoping that, like, this could get some traction. I put out, like, a trolley video, like, am I really Donald Trump's favorite reporter? And, like, you know, the, the only people that seemed to notice were, like, leftists who don't like me, and they were just like, ah, see, he likes
3: <laughs> Trump. And it's like, oh, gosh. <laughs> so I was disappointed well, by that. Right. I okay, that so, was, so, I so Caleb, Caleb we're, we're going to have
5: to make a deal here, right? So you yeah. work for RT, don't you? I do. You still, you still work for RT, yes, yeah? I do. So you get to the White House press room? No, no. Okay, but you get to sort of see a president. Of course you do, because you you saw Trump. So here's the thing: the fakeitarians are going to go live (laughs) around the president. You reckon you could get me in? Because if you get me in, I will call Joe Biden the cunt. Absolutely no problems about that.
6: Let me get back to you on that one. (laughs) Oh, come on, Caleb! (laughs) Come on. Can you
2: get in a meeting with Putin?
6: Yeah, I have to call Putin and ask him first, but he'll, he and I talk so regularly that, that he's probably cool with that, so just let me, you know, he's stressed out about all this Ukraine stuff, but after that's over, you know, we'll talk and, and you know, I gotcha, gotcha.
5: Good, I like I that. I would
4: love I to like... call Putin a cunt.
5: Yeah, so, well, actually, you work for RT, so you could get me a meeting with Putin and I could call so, him a cunt.
4: This is, I, I do have a Putin
1: story. Um, and this, oh, uh, yeah, I was. So, one of the uh, people who Let taught out me. There. there you go. One of the people who taught me Your how to write comedy uh, was a guy who worked on, um, he, he was like the, the, the side showrunner for Married with Children. And he also worked on like Arrested Development. And he was sent over to Russia to write um, like the Russian version of Married with Children. And so he's sitting there in like the room with all these Russian writers and they're trying to come up with, um, a, a joke based around some, something being black. So, so like black, like a coal black, like, um, b- black, like the night sky, black, like the heart of Vladimir Putin and everyone in the place, <laughs> up, just dead silent. And he's like, what, I-, I can't make fun of Putin. And, and they go, you can make fun of Putin once.
5: i love i love the fact at the beginning of the call or the beginning of the podcast caleb said he was going to leave if we uh, character assassinated him two hours later he's still here
6: yeah well i'm not dead yet (laughs) well this has
5: certainly been a fantastic broadcast you've still got a fucking pulse haven't you
6: yes indeed yes indeed
0: i've actually really enjoyed the direction this Podcast is gone. Yeah, I no, enjoyed I the conversation really enjoyed it as
5: well. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah. Well. I, my, my my opinion of Caleb has changed. I think I he's a lovely guy. I'm going to start calling him the Ginger Ninja. I right. <laughs>
1: what, what have I been telling you, Josh?
5: For like... Well, he got <laughs> me on he... bloody Facebook, didn't he? I couldn't see any fucking
0: <laughs> We just witnessed reconciliation right here live. Yeah with the vegetarians. That
3: not, was not, a beautiful not yet, not moment. Yet, not
5: yet. Not yet. We
0: Caleb we
6: unblock we're bringing me. The oh. Will you
5: unblock me on Facebook?
6: Maybe. I maybe I will. I'll have maybe? to figure out which account mm. is What is the name on your account? And I think I can uh, go on Josh and go. Hilditch. Okay.
5: Yeah,
1: he yeah. has he has so many Josh Hilditches. Is it, it <laughs> because he keeps getting banned?
5: <laughs> yeah. <I> get banned <laughs> all the time. Uh. I think I think the last ban I got I called someone a uh, a penguin. Yeah. And, but <laughs> I, I agree
1: this has been <laughs> Yeah, this has been really fun. It, it's it's very nice to talk to like libertarians who are actually reasonable. Like I think the last time I had this kind con- of like this much fun. I'm reasonable, Brent. Like, really? No, you're, I'm talking know. about everyone else. You not, like, <laughs> like, like you're British. <laughs> I think that, no. Like the last time I, I had a really good conversation with a with a libertarian was um, David D Friedman, and so like it's it's you guys and David D Friedman.
5: So what you're saying is you're gonna fund us?
1: If uh, you know, I uh, I gotta go to uh, George Soros and get my uh, anti, <laughs> su- yeah, uh, what was it, super secret soldier serum, which by <laughs> the way is terrible. He makes you like, he to get reimbursed for that, he makes you fax fax the freaking receipt. And then it, just, it takes like two months, and I've got like a pile of receipts because I just can't bring myself see, to go down you a to You see of the and knowledge about
5: George Soros there, Mr. Prince. Yes.
1: <laughs> exactly, it's, it is such a drag working directly for him. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. I'm still what, what, waiting. Next time you see him, tell him that all of us here at Fakertarians are still waiting for our check. Oh, everybody says we're like getting paid by yeah. Soros. Yeah, right. But right. so far, no well, checks. I don't get: how is Soros. how is
6: China? of the george soros conspiracy when george soros hates china more than anybody else like have you seen all this stuff he's saying like i keep hearing this from like tea party gonna QAnon people oh you're working for china and george soros it's like i can't be working for both of them you know remember (laughs) when
0: they say george soros they mean the jews ah okay yeah yeah the cathedral i'm
5: I'm not sure why you asked us that question caleb because we don't believe in that bullshit.
6: Well, the other thing is, I understand that in Indo- was it in Indonesia and Malaysia, right? There is discrimination against ethnically Chinese people, and that some of the uh, some of the like Muslim clerics uh, will tell people that ethnically Chinese people are actually Jews. That Chinese people are the lost tribe of Israel. Have you heard of this? Uh, that- I, have. Okay. I, I have actually. I have the lost actually, tribe yeah, of Israel yeah.
1: is the Mormons all All right right. okay yeah yeah but but apparently
6: yeah some of some of the these these clerics in indonesia and in malaysia are telling people that the chinese are actually jews so maybe there's some logic to this this conspiracy theory but there you go
5: oh don't do it caleb
6: don't Someone's oh, don't oh, flipping that right now. Right now, they've got me.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they oh, yeah, got you. Oh, they destroyed me. Yeah, destroyed here me. comes the vegetarians. You oh, just God. got home. Oh, oh, they got me. Can't, can't wait. Can't wait to vouch. Here's that one. I'll, I'll be cancelled again.
6: <laughs> cancelled again. Yes.
5: Cancelled. <laughs> cancelled again. Well, right. you're not cancelled. You're not cancelled in my heart, Caleb. I love you. Oh, oh see, yes. I really, I sweet. really like him. Actually, he's he's, he's he's quite a cool guy. The ginger <laughs> ninja. ginger ninja. He's, He's gonna write a book now and the title will just be Junja Ninja When I Met a British Bastard.
2: (laughs) Uh uh Okay, is there anything else we want to touch on today?
6: I I, I'm good. This has been fun. It's been a pleasure. I guess maybe
3: yeah,
4: maybe one last question. Um who who what Ukraine, I guess, you know, that's just kind of in the news right now. Um what, what what do we all think on Ukraine? Caleb, you got any and inside the, info? And- uh,
6: well, I think <laughs> yeah. We don't want World right? War Three. I think World War Three we yeah. can all agree, would be a disaster. Um, uh, I think we should listen to the Ukrainian president who has told Joe Biden to basically calm the F down and stop overplaying the danger of some kind of invasion. Uh, I also think that, you know, we shouldn't be sending lethal weapons to a bunch of neo-Nazis and the Avaz Battalion and people who tear down World War II memorials. And I also think it's worth looking into the fact that the Ukrainian government is shelling their own civilians in the eastern regions, uh, you know, and that, that, you know, you know, you know the, I was at the UN, the UN ambassador of the United States said like 14,000 people have died since 2014. Well, yeah, they've died because the Ukrainian government is shelling civilian areas in the eastern regions and they should stop doing that. Um, and I mean, I think that Russia's got a fair concern. You know, I mean, if if Russia was sending all kinds of crazy weapons and and such to neo Nazis in Mexico, the United States would be a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Nazi. you say that
5: because they're your employers. <laughs> well, no, I, I mean, Wait a I mean, minute.
0: We, in we in did it, that,
6: didn't we? Well, you can say that in response to anything I said, right? So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true. Right? You know, so, yeah, you, know, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, but. Right. but but to be fair, I mean, I, I think that Russia, you know, their security concerns are legit. I mean, you know, w- we wouldn't want nuclear weapons from, you know, one of our rival countries right on our border. Uh, you know, we wouldn't want a military alliance, you know, expanding closer and closer to our border. I think they have some legit concerns, but they're not going to invade Ukraine. And I think that, that you know, Macron and the Germans are kind of like, Biden, can you just stop this? All right. He's not going to invade Ukraine. And, and it's like they won't let this die. And I think that's about the natural gas price. They want the natural gas prices to stay up. I
5: need to stop you right there, Caleb. Let's not talk to the Germans about invading places.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Did you know that that the German (laughs) Navy actually resigned in protest of escalating with Russia? They have a Navy? Yeah, have the german navy step down in protest of this and that well, the, the germans Marine. will not give lethal weapons to ukraine because they know the history of what happens when you give yeah well, well last
5: time that they did that was you know, know. it didn't go yeah. too well <laughs>
6: yeah. i mean the germans actually are, are some of the you know they're taking kind of a stand here and saying no lethal weapons to ukraine because and they won't even actually issue i think it's uh one of these one of the one of the countries uh, macedonia wants to send lethal weapons to ukraine themselves and the germans won't even issue a permit them to to travel through them right right right
5: they had yeah. they also yeah. It, it yeah. You would probably know this from rt actually so when the british were sending some of our royal marines over to the ukraine they couldn't fly over germany did you, uh-huh. did you see that yeah. one yeah, yeah. yeah. And i mean
6: and that I, I think that's pretty pretty admirable on the germans part they see that, that yeah, for know, the actually, first time in
5: fucking history as well Yeah, the yeah, they, they <laughs> parades.
6: you know the ukraine in, in kiev they have parades to honor stepan bandera who was a nazi collaborator and a participant in the holocaust uh, you know I mean and and they're sending them, and and the Germans are saying we're Nazi, not going to send you know, weapons we're not going to do it you know and yeah, I, but I a
5: not, not, Yeah but the Nazi government got voted out right
6: Well yeah but they still have a Nazi battalion of their military called the Yeah Adolf. the assault battalion I
5: know the one you're talking about they they Yeah and, and uh,
6: where's the, where the cancel culture on this right I'm called a secret Nazi like 20 times a day but by the same people that are totally okay with with the USA sending weapons to like actual like Nazi admirers and People who have parades for Nazi collaborators, like I, I, there's this blind spot in the cancel culture around this because I mean, I mean, we shouldn't be arming a government that actively actively destroys World War II memorials, right? I mean, that's just a basic thing. No matter what you
5: think about Russia, right?
2: We can I try guess. to pick that blind spot up. We we cancel. Yeah. Some people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Hey,
5: hey, hey, mm-hmm. hey, Caleb, Caleb, we get canceled every bloody week. So all right, <laughs> yeah, yeah we're, we're at the
0: heart of cancel culture right yeah. here. We we,
5: uh, we we normally get canceled by reactionaries, but. Uh, there we go. Yeah, do you actually think cancel culture exists? Though? Because I, I really don't think it does. I really mm-hmm. don't think it does.
6: Oh, I think it totally does. I, there's all kinds of people I've never met that have been sent the memo about what an asshole I am by people that have completely taken things I've said out of context, and I've experienced it. Yes, I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, I go places, and yeah, I mean, I meet people. You, people canceled
5: me. and, and, you canceled me. You canceled me. You blocked
6: me. Well, I know, but people, I mean, there's people <laughs> who walk, I, I, I go to any left space, and somebody walks up to me, and they're like, I heard that you're actually a white supremacist, and, you, and I'm like, no, no, I'm not. Uh, you know, like I've, I've been marching against racism. I support full legalization of immigrants. I have a long record protesting police brutality. Actually, no, I'm not. But I saw this video somewhere that said you sat next to somebody. You know, yeah. Cancel culture is definitely real. It's totally real. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've experienced it firsthand. I don't know
5: if I would call it cancel culture. Just uh, it. It just seems to be a very online thing.
6: You know yeah. I mean? yeah, well, yeah, like, well is it, to be right. it started with Fox News. Actually, Fox News started going after professors. Do you remember this Fox News and David Horowitz? Do I remember
3: Fox it. Fox yeah, it? News.
6: Really <laughs> uh, yeah, they, watch they it. got it Ward Churchill, the the top scholar of Native American studies, fired at the University of Colorado. They just, you know, they and it was it was originally Fox News and the right wing going after like liberal teachers, liberal professors. You know, and then in the age of social media now, it's kind of become more of a liberal kind of thing. But, yeah, it's this idea we're going to single out somebody among the population for something that they have done or are alleged to have done. Kind of, you know, put them in the uh, the uh, I guess you can call it the modern 21st century, uh, you know, you know, pillory uh, and, and mobilize the public to go after them. And that'll intimidate people from saying things that go against the script. Now, in a lot of cases, it's things that that shouldn't be acceptable, like racism, sexism, homophobia, bigoted remarks. But in other cases, it's things that uh, are either misconstrued or things like you know standing against imperialism or things that are just misrepresentation. I mean, my good friend Peter Coffin has been very viciously treated over something that doesn't even—it's like I'm he gonna, had a gonna, girlfriend or something. Like, come on, you know.
5: I'm going to say one thing, that Caleb. So yeah. when, when we're looking at people's histories. I really fucking hope people don't look into mine because <laughs> I would be canceled about five <laughs> seconds flat. <laughs> Same.
0: Yeah. No, right. but, but,
5: but I, I don't. I don't think it exists. I really don't. I just think it's just this sort of like online invention that we've made. Oh. You know, well, then like, it would exist, a lot of, though, right? Like, well, I no. I see. I see a lot of people who to cancel culture. They've said really bad things and they've done bad things, right? Well, but, but,
6: people... so it's it's good then. You're saying it exists, right? And that's the thing. Whenever people tell me cancel culture doesn't exist, the argument continues, and then they say, "Okay, well, it exists, but it's yeah, good." I, and it seems like I, what you're saying.
0: It exists, but it's very, very small and often very misconstrued. Uh, when someone is criticized, Dave Chappelle, great example, criticized correctly, uh, because I still maintain it's a criticism of his lack of comedic content, honestly, as much as it is what he said in that lack of comedic content. That's not cancel culture. That's critiquing. And if the P- and, and so you hear the term used in cases like that, what you're talking about are in those online spheres. And yeah, that definitely does exist. I've seen it with my own two eyes, people that really didn't deserve anything. Suddenly it's, it's very mean girl cliquish sort of mentality is what that yeah, is. Right.
5: right. Then that was my point, yeah. Brian, like this whole sort yeah. of thing that every single person I've seen come forward and say, Oh, cancel culture. When I've actually seen why they've been supposedly canceled. They've actually done something really bad. Yeah. Well, right. well, ha- you know, I'm not saying, now? like, for example, Caleb was saying, oh, I get called neo-nazi. I don't think that's cancel culture. I just think that's people being dickheads.
0: Hmm. <laughs> Certainly. But if you get it into a well, big that, enough group or it's all targeted, then that becomes a form of bullying, which is also a form of cancel culture well, in enough. and of itself. Take that woman you know at Chipotle, what I mean?
6: right? The the manager at Chipotle, who those guys had come into the store like three or four times and not paid. And she finally said to them, like, you guys don't look like you have money. I think you need to, to not do the order. They filmed it and said, oh, she's saying because we're black that we don't have money. She lost her job. Uh, then it came out. Well, actually, no, they'd come into the store three or four times and not paid. And she was trying to, like, keep her job by not giving free food away. Um, she got her job back. And, you know, she got her job back. And there was kind of a correction sent out. But a lot of people didn't get the memo. And she sure. still, years oh later, Yeah, but is that cancel
5: culture? A lot of people that just, well, just yeah, I mean, that's, that's
6: on her for the rest of her life, even though, you know, there's been a widespread acknowledgement that she really didn't do anything yeah. wrong. Yeah, this idea the follow-up that always, yeah, the
4: follow-up always gets lost.
6: Yeah, if in you the, Google uh... her for the rest of her life, whenever she applies for a job or anything, the first thing that's going to come up is racist store. I mean, that's yeah. awful. That's, you know, that's awful. Yeah,
0: this,
5: this has been happening ever since the internet was created. So why well,
0: all it's, all it's been happening like, since newspapers about- were created. Newspapers had this sort of issue all the time and
6: i will yeah, right. also add this though and this is the underlying thing behind the cancel culture is at the end of the day they don't really have the ability to cancel people like they once did bill o'reilly still has a podcast he's making lots of money off of that right and,
5: and you're you're on faketarian's podcast yeah. right now <laughs>
6: yeah, I mean, that's the thing. So at the end of the day right on the one hand yes we're we're more you know the quote-unquote canceling happens a lot more but it used to be if the new york times said you're a bastard you're done but, you know, Bill O'Reilly, everything has come out there. He's still got a podcast. He's still got loyal fans who think he does nothing wrong. Yeah, right. He, so how does culture exist so, then? Well, how and that, does it exist? Well, I mean, yeah, that's exist? the thing. It exists and it doesn't exist. That's, you know, that's the thing. And to some degree or other, like Dave Chappelle, right? A lot of people think he, his remarks are really offensive. But then there was also a lot of people who said, he's great. He's tremendous. And sure, if Netflix were to ban him tomorrow, he could just start a, his own podcast, his own YouTube channel. And right, he got but thousands that's my people point, supporting Caleb. Caleb. He's right. still making so, loads of
5: money. Yeah. So, like, I don't yep. know if you've been watching the news. Right. right. He's, he's
6: not been bit. canceled. Dave Chappelle has been yeah, canceled. Yeah. Right.
3: Yeah. Yeah, right. 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 That's yeah. I,
1: again, I, I'm going to point something out really quickly. And this is something that I noticed um, on uh, with regard to Kickstarter. So, you know, I've been releasing a number of comics on Kickstarter for the past few years. Um, At one point on Facebook, I had had a, um, a homage cover which was a a cover that was supposed to be a send up to um, the famously most censored comic book cover of all time. And it was like a, a pretty tame thing where like a guy's just standing there. He's got a little bit of a gut. He's got an ax and a severed head and you can see a woman's body behind him. And like literally like this made it to the floor of the Senate um
3: wow
1: the so i i was like oh i've got my snow white zombie book and i've got a character that gets beheaded and it's a female character who's a zombie and oh, I've, I've got another character with an axe so i literally made a copy uh, pretty tame by today's standards of this famous cover and i tried to run an ad on facebook and Facebook was like, no, you can't
5: run this ad. Mm-hmm. So, I just, I just wanna, sorry, Brent. I just want to point out yeah. that Joe Gorman is still watching the Pulp podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he just oh, called us all reactionaries. Dude, here's the uh, thing. You, do, like, you know, do you know that you can close a tab in a browser, <laughs> you fucking idiot? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Rea- dude, dude. Reactionary means something very specific. Reactionary means you want to take society and roll it back to some point in the past. Leftists like myself uh, and Caleb cannot be reactionaries. We are revolutionaries in that we want to move society
2: forward. <laughs> what well, is he calling us reactionaries, or is he calling? Yeah, us- it's,
5: call- it's calling all of us reactionaries. Oh, we're all, all reactionaries. You guys, there you
2: guys see the all comment too up? Us. More vape, more vapid grin. Yeah. I don't, grand, yeah, Grand, grand,
5: yeah, yeah. yeah, that, That's a very verbose. Did you go to a posh school, there, Joe? <laughs> yeah,
0: Joe. No, Joe, he definitely did not. Case,
5: Joe, we love you, Joe. Is you you
0: come watch
6: my streams, Joe. Too, we'd love to have you sometime. Come on, you, come Joe, on you're a dork. This, this is, is fantastic.
5: Here. No, actually, do you know what? <laughs> All seven of us should go on with Joe Thank so you Rachel. can. Out did we bring heart. Joe on right now? <laughs> yeah joe yeah do you want to come yeah. on the show oh, joe boy. has officially
6: received the caleb Moppin endorsement so he needs to live that down with his fans
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Louis, to finish my point reporter. though
6: because uh, this this goes back to cancel culture
1: and like what you guys are mentioning as well um there definitely are online hate mobs but what i noticed was sure. i put out an update swaza has been censored Snow White zombie apocalypse it has been censored that update was my is still my most read most liked most commented on update and i wasn't even really censored i just couldn't run a facebook ad and thought it was funny
0: (laughs) wow that's fantastic
1: you got people like making whole careers out of this of of Mm -hmm. using people's tendency to focus on negative things i mean caleb's book perfect example like people lock on to that that shit and when you say that you're being canceled or you're being silenced people suddenly start paying attention to you you know i mean i'm about to release a spanish version of deruti uh that will hopefully go on sale in spain soon and like i was sitting there talking to the other guys i'm working with and i'm like you know uh i the the cnt is fine with this but you know are we gonna maybe get sued by the franco estate and they were like that would be the best thing in the world. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> if we got sued by that old dead weirdo.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
6: uh, hey, we're a past had. two hour mark, and I, yeah. I actually probably should run. But it's been a pleasure having me here. I really enjoyed being here. Thank you so much, and I, I hope. On, uh, one, I, one, I, one,
5: last I, question, Caleb.
6: Sure, sure. Uh,
5: right. So, did you enjoy this podcast, money podcast, before? <laughs> That, uh, more than my... oh, I was going to no, ask I, that I, no, so that yeah, I wasn't going to yeah, be a dick. Yeah, yeah. Did you enjoy this podcast more than you enjoyed your podcast with Bosch? Uh,
6: yes, yes, sir. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. I think oh, yes, an... sir. Yes, sir. Oh. Can I, can I enjoy... ask you? thing You yes, yes, anyway? did enjoy this podcast more than I enjoyed my time with Rorsch. Yeah, <laughs> 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 That was an absolutely yeah, shocking accent. Have... I got one more. You have destroyed him.
2: Which was more fun, this podcast or the Dugan Conference?
6: I would say that, that this podcast was certainly more fun than the Dugan conference. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you, 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 <laughs> do you still, you still, you still <laughs> sound like you're oh, in the exactly revolutionary
5: war there, old As boy. sorry. I have
6: received upon this podcast. So uh, there you go. <laughs> okay, that's an, that's an
3: embarrassment would be Dugan. Well, uh,
5: okay, I've okay, got on. On. One, one last word, Caleb. One last word. One last you're, word. You're, what is the last you're mo- word? You're, you're mocking my accent
6: there, so cunt. No,
3: no. Just, <laughs> I normally speak when I'm not
6: into a webcam. Uh, this is just my normal, normal voice in the shower.
3: Go on. I can I can't right
6: up the right
1: Invictus. The I, no, I, yeah. I've, I've, I've actually, I,
5: invictus, really I, I caught the Invictus.
3: I
6: caught the mental disease of Invictus. It was transmuted, and now I'm going to speak in funny voices for the rest of my life. Watch
5: out, oh, no. so no, he's, Brit- he's British. He's British <laughs> now. Yeah. Do you know what we so, John, we, we could recruit
3: him to the vegetarians. <laughs> All right, y'all. Hang on, hang on. Before
1: you guys do go, there is one thing. Um, so I had sent Josh a link for this, and I think uh, you guys have it. Uh, I'm about to launch my Kickstarter for the very first Swaza trade, Snow White oh, Town the Apocalypse go. trade. This is the first graphic novel I've ever done. If people could click on that and click uh, notify me, I'd really appreciate that. Even if you don't buy the book, like, The more people are pre-following this thing before it launches, the higher Kickstarter ranks it. So, where is that in the comments? Cost me some mutual aid. Say what?
2: Where is that? Like in the comments, or does Josh have
1: that? Uh, It's in the
2: Josh has it, and it's also it's in the
1: private chat. You know? Oh, was that
2: one that YouTube? Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for putting. No, no, my YouTube is in there too. It would be fun to link it, but yeah. um, Darudi Shadow of the People, which uh, about anarchist Buenaventura Darudi, and Snow White Zombie Apocalypse, which is about fairy tales and zombies yeah. <laughs> all right, well, he, all right.
5: He, here's mr here's mr ancon trying to sell his products hey
1: hey <laughs> these are the product of my labor sir
5: <laughs> yeah okay okay whatever landlord yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> all right so we should we should go off live but uh Thanks to everyone who's still watching for this two hours, 14 minutes. and uh, Especially like, that guy who's super mad
1: at us. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, Joe. I, I want have him this. on. Me too. Yeah. Oh, I like, if he had to responded Joe. in the
2: comments like in the last five minutes, I would have just sent him the StreamYard link and just like, been like,
3: okay, let's go. But uh <laughs> go,
2: Joe. But, yeah, thanks to everyone for watching, and we'll see you again in two weeks. Absolutely.